I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. Can we can we still call ourselves a podcast at this point? Yeah, we're, we're a little bit inconsistent, but we'll, we'll I'll apologize for that. <laughs> I think we all need to apologize for that, but I'm one of your four hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. And we have three other hunkies on the line tonight, and we're going to talk a little musky fishing this evening. So who do we have on the call? We have none other than the one and only Mr. Donnie Swink sitting over there in his in his Steeler gear. Yeah, I see some Steeler dot sulking, suffering yet another loss. It's <laughs> it's going to be the going theme of this episode, I think, for the most part. But uh, yeah, you know, we're all right over here. It's all good. Well, you look great. We'll bounce back. What, what jersey is that? Is that a TJ Watt jersey I'm staring at? Looks like a Watt jersey. That is a TJ Watt jersey, yep. I like it. All right. All right. Well, it's good to see your smiling face tonight. TJ Watt, oh, no, and, one and, sack behind uh, James Harrison for the all-time Steelers lead sack-wise. One behind. We're going to talk a little Steelers tonight because we got to vent a little bit. But yeah, little before bit. we get there, we also have him on the phone tonight, Mr. Nick. Beasler. Good evening. Like to like to file a disclaimer right now. I'm in no way affiliated with the Steelers fan base. <laughs> Everybody boo this man. <laughs> I can't really say anything at this point. I don't know that I blame you. Somebody, I'm not gonna say who, but somebody commented on a post that said, Do you still you still watch? some kind of ball like it, instead of saying football i think the comment was like people still watch that ball game <laughs> I'm just like, i don't know dude it, i told nate bud this morning that the uh the steelers fan base and the maple leafs fan base are very similar in their ease to offend oh boy yeah we'll, we'll touch on that here <laughs> during this episode <laughs> we also have on the phone tonight the one and only Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Nice to finally do another podcast. And I said we'll apologize because, honestly, this summer has been crazy. We've all had separate vacations, separate trips, separate family requirements. So, you know, getting getting even three of us together on a podcast has been has been difficult this summer. But hopefully with fall coming up here, we are we'll get back into the swing of things we've got some we've been talking to some guests to get them lined up here for some future episodes and uh you know hopefully we'll be back into the swing of things but you know for any of our guests that or any of our listeners that uh you know that have anything that, that they want to want us to talk about any any potential guests they want us to ask on any ideas that you guys have please you know, shoot us a message on Instagram at the Musky Hunks. Uh, Nick is in charge of that account, so he can field all of your questions, and uh, we can we can uh, get get every, get our listeners taken care of. Yeah, I, I want to add to this too because we're not disbanding. That <laughs> I've heard that a couple of times asking questions if we're disbanding. No, yeah. it's just summertime comes, and we're all we all want to fish. We want to get out there, 
and I do feel like we'll probably get back to some kind of regular schedule here in the winter. So just, just hang in there. That's it. Yeah. I mean, just for instance, I mean, Nick and I were gone all week last week. We had, we had every intention of recording a podcast while we were up on Lake Nipissing and dude, just time, you know, you run out of time and it get, it is so hard to, it w- we would have had to take a half a day off of the water just to set up to do a podcast. And when you go up there for a week, it's like, you know what? We're just going to fish. We can talk about this later. You know, same thing with, you know, Tom's on a, on a big trip again right now. So, you know, he's, he can't, he can't join us right now. I mean, it's, it's understandable. Yeah, that's right. People it's understandable. Quit giving us so much <laughs> shit <laughs> and apologizing for anything. Get off our backs. Gosh, 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 Tina, eat the food. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we probably still have more hosts than listeners anyway, so I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. So we got to start. We got to start with the elephant in the room here because our Steelers got absolutely oh obliterated God. this oh afternoon. Oh, my God. Who they played? They played the San Francisco 49ers, who I might add may be the best team in the NFL, potentially. Let's go, Niners. They could mean, based be based on that performance today. I mean, you could say that, but I think I they're mean, top the three for sure. Freaking terrible. I don't know how the Eagles or when the Eagles play or how they did or when they're playing, but I know they're in the NFC. I don't know that I'm ready to good. give Brock Purdy uh like top three status right now anywhere. Dude, it's at defense. You can be you could have freaking Doug Flutie back there and if you run the football like that. Doug Flutie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, but we're, we're willing to, uh, we're willing to take, uh, take it on the chin a little bit. I just went and bought a Kenny Pickett Jersey yesterday. And now I feel like a giant idiot today. So, well, I, I, you know, we all have our, our very, very diehard Steelers fans and Ryan, maybe you are one of those, but you know, you always got to like temper part of, I don't know, part of the reason why I, I have a hard time getting up and screaming about the Steelers are going to kick everyone's ass is because guess what guys we don't have any idea that's why I don't bet that is why I don't oh, bet yeah. on professional sports you have no control over any of this shit like this is other grown men playing a sport that you have zero control over and I decided a long time ago that I was going to try to detach myself to the point like I wasn't going to let it affect I was not going to follow the Steelers to the degree that I or any sports I used to follow the pens like like crazy i used to be more into hockey i used to do more fantasy hockey i used to have like minor league uh, fantasy hockey league that had a minor league system so we would actually have to look know the the minors in the nhl and draft prospects and stuff like i was spent way too much time watching sports and i guess it's kind of like the older i get the more i realize like holy cow man all that time i used to spend sitting on the couch like now hey i can be out there doing stuff and still listen to the game you know like i listened to the sealer game the whole way the drive home from the lake did it you know it sucked just as bad listening to it as i'm sure it did for everyone that made a point to sit down in front of their tv to watch it yeah it's just that hype man it's week one but i know you can't you can't can't win and and when you've already been the preseason champs you know yeah yeah well, Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure the Browns have been the preseason champs the last like decade. So, no, I mean it, it, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been feeling itself pretty, 
pretty good because the Steelers are three and zero in in the preseason with almost no issues. Our our starters, you know, just slice through everybody in in their limited time, and then they come out today and everyone takes a gigantic dump on the field. After working in a Steelers bar in high school and college, I love to watch them lose. You can stay up in Erie. It's all right. Just stay up there. We'll we'll come up and, and fish Steelhead this winter, and you don't have to talk Steeler football. But anyway, it was painful today, man. I'm not going to say I – I uh, I felt alright going into the second half. Though I was like, it's still early. Yeah, when we scored, right, when we scored going into the half, and then McCaffrey just, yeah, that was the coffin. whips out his, yeah, just, yeah. But oh, anyway, that was terrible, terrible. Well, well it's gonna take a couple of days to get over that, Swinky. I took my jersey off and hung it up. I'm like, I don't know when I'm gonna wear this again. Yeah, nobody like- has <laughs> nobody has won the Super Bowl in Week One. It's probably fresh. No you can probably return it. One. They'll probably nah, just return it. To, you said you just got it, right? Yeah, I'm I'm high on Kenny Pickett. I don't care. Cash it says. in. He's my quarterback right now. So that's it. I wonder how much he makes off those Whopper commercials with the tiny hands. I'm more worried about Levens <laughs> at this point. He's spending you too much time. You do have to ask the Levin. question: if, if those hands, Nick, were how do you better. even know about the tiny hands being up there in Erie? Is that the internet? It's a wild and wonderful. He secretly place. follows the Steelers. I know he has to now. He just 100%. he just showed his Honestly, hand. The, he just showed his little his, hand. His little no, hand. The it's just the Steelers <laughs> fan base is pervasive and annoying. Oof. Oof. I I actually don't disagree with that for the vast majority. Oh, I spent yeah. a lot of t- a lot of it's hours and, and games and and things of the sort, and I would say that. The majority of Steeler fans, sorry to my fellow Steeler fans, but the majority of you get on my nerves too. Especially if you're like completely sober for all those experiences. Well, I've never been that way, but yeah, it's entirely not enjoyable. (laughs) I had uh, Dano popped over for a little bit and watched the fourth quarter with me. Oh, but that was fun. It was, it was, it was fun. I was, uh, I was like doing stuff around the house. Here's a funny story. So I, I, I I thought of Dano a couple times over, uh, uh, you know, uh, while we were on Nipissing and uh, the Sportsman, and- Sportsman Channel did have an Ivanhoe. Uh, That's right. On the one day. Oh, yep. nice. Yep. The pike pike fishing segment. Yeah, there was a couple interesting, uh, interesting Canadian TV shows on, but we'll we'll get there. Oh yeah, yeah. So while while you guys were away, I did fish a little bit, not much. D and I got out, and I just want to put Jim this Scott? on record. I just want to put this on record saying that she actually told me that she would go musky fishing with me and she likes go down and troll the point. We we went down and we went down and we went up and troyed and troyed and trolled. We spent some time. Yeah. It's all the irons I had today, dude. I'm still, I actually fell asleep for like an hour before this podcast. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, no. That's like when, oh yeah, no. Yeah, so we, we went out, we did some trolling, went over to Lake Arthur, and we didn't do any good, but it uh, so ran into a guy. So we, we uh, I backed the boat in, right, and I let her standing at the ramp. So I parked the, parked the truck, and I come back, and the boat is completely flipped around, like, at the ramp. So now 
the motor, instead of being at the back of the dock, is now in the front of the dock. And she's standing there like, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, I don't know how it happened. How'd that happen? But right before that, we were waiting in line to, to launch. And, okay, so Swinky, you know McDaniels, right? Like, mm-hmm. the way that ramp is. I watched this guy back up. And I was like, he's way too close to the dock on that on that right side. And sure enough, he dr- dude, he drove right off the dock. <laughs> and his oh, freaking boat, like the truck came off the side of the dock. And like the boat just hung there. Like it was like half on the dock and like half on the trailer. And this is the second time I've seen somebody like with a major mishap at that dock. Was it because a big boat? It was a bigger boat. Yeah, it was like uh well, I don't even know. It was kind of like um, that. Lake's still wait. twenty horse, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was like a sit down speedboat, and I couldn't tell what motor he had on the back, but it was like a two seater right. speedboat where like the front of it was all gated, like gated off, and you couldn't get to like the bow of the boat. Wow, I, I can't explain it to you guys. Yeah, I like wish I had taken a cabin kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. like I would. I wish I had taken a picture, but it took them quite a while. I jumped out and tried to help them, like pull the boat off the dock. So they get in there, whatever. He's farting around. I back in. Somehow Deanna flips the boat around at the launch. So I get down there. I get the boat like pulled around to the other side of the dock. These two guys put in and the one kid comes up to me as like I'm heating the motor up. He's like, hey, you have a YouTube channel. And I was like, yeah. He's like, you're Ryan Reed. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah what's go. up, guys? So we started talking. So he's like, they're just pounding muskies out here. They're just pounding them. And I'm like. Oh, about that, but we pull out and she looks at me. By the way, like, I saw Jesse got a big one today. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that, too. Or yesterday, whatever. Yeah, so go ahead. We'll talk about that, too. But we pull out and she looks at me and she's like, this is the first time I've, like, fished with you in PA on this boat. She's like, we didn't make it five minutes at the ramp. And somebody came up to you and was like, hey, I watch your YouTube channel. So, dude. That's a that that's a, a great way to segue into I have I have now had two experiences recently where one was at Canada Lake, uh, where I was just putting the new tracker in to float it. I me and my dad were just gonna float it to test the electronics. And I see this this John boat, like a big John boat, like a, a serious John boat coming over and coming over to the uh basically the launch ramp and i i was gonna get out of the way they said no don't worry about it we're just going to the bathroom and uh and and he looked at my shirt and he was like what's your name i was like owen he was like are you from the musky hunks i was like yeah my dad's right there my dad's eyes get like saucers you know because my dad's the guy who just thinks like i'm making this up about doing a podcast and actually anything and uh and yeah, and I sat there and and it was this guy, Dominic. So Dominic, if you're listening, uh, it was him and his wife, Jen. And it was awesome. Uh, they they were just testing the lake out. They have a place like in Titusville. Uh, and so secondly, I walk into the dispensary in Meadville and my bud tender sees my <laughs> shirt. And uh, and and he's like, wait a second. I love that term, by the way. Just Me too. <laughs> and uh, and so... And so in, in immediately, like he sees my shirt and he pulls up his sleeve and shows me it like his entire just a half sleeve of his of from his four, you know, his elbow up to his shoulder is so a gigantic musky. Hey, you Mus- guys. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he had a musky hunks tattoo. 
No, it wasn't a musky hunks <laughs> tattoo, but it was a pretty dope musky tattoo. And uh and and it and, and I was like, dude, where'd you get that done? And he was like, ah, some guy down in, in south of Pittsburgh. He I didn't recognize the name. So I don't know, man. It was just like pretty cool. Like you're you're not we don't do this for we don't make any money doing this. We don't have sponsors, we don't do any of that stuff. So the fact that anyone listens and the fact that anyone uh enjoys it. We appreciate it. So just know that. See, those are the interactions where I'm like, nah, I don't know any of those guys. <laughs> I don't know them jagoffs. I'm I've never had it happen. So I guess no, I'm just like the no name guy, I guess. Or nobody likes me either way. You'll, I don't you, know. That's you'll possible. hear it more at Max. You heard it at Max this year. I did yeah, I mean at Max, yeah. but I just mean like I don't have I've never had one of these random run-ins like you guys are having. You also like launch near the hobo villages on the rivers and stuff. You don't. Yeah, that is true. I, I do do my best <laughs> to avoid people that could have something to do with it. <laughs> I suppose that's fair. Oh, we gotta we gotta give a quick shout out to to Bang and Bottom because a couple was it last weekend, not this weekend, but the weekend before, I think. Was it that? Maybe it might have been two yeah, weeks a now. couple nice fish, didn't it? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Doug, so those guys have never caught a 50-inch muskie on Pima tuning. You guys know really? how hard to do that is. In I, didn't, I, I didn't realize they never had. Yeah, so, like, this was a whole thing. Like, they're on the water there more than any of us, right? Like, two, three, four days a week. And they've been getting a lot of good fish, but a couple weekends ago, Doug, Doug got, like, a 51 and a half, I think it was. That was a absolute slob of a fish. And then, uh, oh, and as you mentioned, Jesse yesterday just got one right at the 50-inch mark. So congrats to the uh, the Bang and Bottom crew there for putting a couple of real big ones in the boat last couple Absolutely. of weeks. Week. Yeah, what's that? That's awesome. Big fish week. Big fish week, yeah. So that's cool. They're, uh, their clients ought to be pretty happy over that, and I, I know they're, they're pretty stoked as well. Should have went to the – the uh don senior's wild timey grill oh man I'll, all i know is i feel like it was probably a fun weekend at, at camp bbo oh my goodness like i can only imagine that. oh yeah can you imagine that you know going from the highest to highs to the steelers performance today <laughs> uh, somebody way, better watch the bridges i got a text message from one don senior yesterday i was I was walking Did around. You? Oh yeah, I was walking around uh, our local uh, Delilo here, trying to pick some stuff up for said Steeler game today, and I get a nice little text message from Don Senior. He was he was out, he was over there cooking on the Blackstone. He he was making like steak sandwiches or something. He had, oh, he made yeah, he, he made Philly cheesesteaks. Philly yeah. cheesesteaks, dude. They, they, I actually was happened by and I got. I just oh. lucked into a uh, Philly cheesesteak there because I was Don Don Senior. If you're listening, by. I'm waiting for my invite. <laughs> I'm fairly certain he's about fifty episodes or so behind. Right. He doesn't really know how to access them unless I do it for him. Uh, it's all right. You have that. It was uh that was a pleasant text message. I got a picture of steak cooking on the Blackstone with onions and peppers. So nice. The highlight to my day yesterday. <laughs> All right. Well, we're moving all we're moving along here. So you guys had a very a fairly big trip planned, right? So oh, can yeah. we talk about that for a while? Sure. 
Absolutely. We're kind of, where, where do you want to start? I mean, we already talked about kind of our, our trip prep and what, what was going to go into this and Nick and I, first and foremost, let me, let me start off by saying we, we, we covered me buying a new boat. I think that was pretty much the last episode that they came out. Um, me buying the tracker. And I want to just say thank you to Nick because he worked all, every weekend between when I bought it with me uh, on getting it ready to go up to Canada. You know, we, we replaced all the electronics. We, uh, we, we replaced the trolling motor. So there was a lot of stuff that went into getting this boat kind of where it was ready to go from buying it from a guy who hadn't put it in the water since 2017 and trailering it 550 miles, whatever the, whatever the mileage is up to Lake Nipissing, the West arm, you know, there was a lot that went into it. And, you know, I just want to say thank you to Nick for, for all the work that he put into it because it wouldn't have happened without his, his help here. I feel like without the, other than the wonky transducer that we figured out just ahead of time, I mean, luckily you had an extra. I mean, luckily you had, you literally had an extra. If we didn't have an extra transducer, I mean, I don't know what we would have done because for some reason the transducer. Okay. So let me back up. When I bought the boat, it had nothing on it. Electronics wise. It it basically had, had it had like a, the goldfish icon. How many? Yeah. Right. That's right. Perfect. So when I say, when I say basically nothing, that's what I mean. Which I, I will say. I can't remember. Might have caught one. us more fish. No. Oh, well, <laughs> like those transducers, if there's one on there, they're still pretty reliable for like 2D sonar. If it hooks yep. up the right way. I, I chucked but, that yeah. bad dude. But I had, my dad had a, I don't know what they were, like 989i or something like that. And it plugged right into my Helix unit and 2D works great. Oh wow. I didn't yeah. realize that. So anyway, so we we worked hard over the last uh two weeks before going up there to make sure that everything was and my dad helped out a lot. My, the tracker trailer was a piece of shit in terms of um the the two by fours, all the bunks were completely rotted out. So my dad had to I'd argue that that wasn't like craftsmanship or anything. That was just the status of the boat having sat. Um, After watching that video that you and I watched, and then after seeing how the, the wood that the tracker used, the original wood decomposed the way it did. Yeah. It decomposed in a really strange way. Like where the bolts went into the wood, it like the wood just crumpled. That's why I was surprised to find out that it was actual wood underneath. I yeah. thought it was some type of like composite particle board, <laughs> like because wherever those bolts went in, it literally crumpled. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so my dad just bought regular two by fours, which will hopefully last me forever. Uh, he put, mar- you know, marine, yeah, treated and marine mm-hmm. carpeted, you know, them and all that stuff. And it worked out great. The thing trailered like a dream. Like, uh, you know, I've never trailered anything for for any long period of time. Like, obviously, I've trailered my boat for two hours from, you know, when I bought it to Canada Lake. But, you know, this is a whole nother thing, trailering it all the way up into Canada and to the point where once you get above a certain point there in Canada, it's kind of no man's land to a degree. You 
you bear, you know, you burn up a bearing out there. I don't know how long it would take us to, to get some help. It took four hours last time. Uh, <laughs> Nick to me. does know. Four that, hours that for a tow truck. A fair assessment. Yeah, dude, I can't even imagine that because some of the roads like Dano and I took up to to Ivanhoe, like that's that road what, from Timmins up. Oh yeah, that would be scary being See, stuck on the side. Yeah, of we the were road. still that's... like relatively uh, civilized part. You're like you're not. You're getting into. We were still on the highway. Like, yeah, and really the last, only the last maybe mile gets real dicey, and, and I, maybe even it's a quarter, you know, three quarters yeah. of a, three quarters of a mile. But still, yeah, organic shots to start. That's one thing you could say about that trip. Like, it's a long drive, but it's a relatively easy drive. It is yeah. simple. It's just yeah, and that's straight. It's straight. <laughs> Right, straight you know, up you, the as, whole way. <laughs> my things, my 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 things. When you know we leave Pittsburgh or leave leave you know Erie, Canada, is get to the border. Once we get to the border and we get through customs, like I am so relieved, just because like you're in Canada, you know, and you're the trip is, and then Nick and I just kind of take our sweet ass time going up from there. Uh, and it really is. It's it's an easy drive. Like we basically stop at the same places every year now. You know, we it's kind of a, a bit of a routine. So, anyways, the the drive up there was great. Um, we went like I said, we went up a day early. We actually didn't fish with Danny Columbi that Saturday, which we planned on doing because the wind was too high. We ended up fishing with Danny and Reagan on on Sunday. So, uh. So yeah, I guess to that point, the the trip up there was was good, and you know, then we we launched the tracker, and it turned out to be, uh, dare I say, knock on wood, even better than I kind of expected. I mean, it 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 really, really, truly was the highlight of the trip in the sense that it it and Nick. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but it, it really like checked all the boxes. It was plenty sturdy, man. Did not sink. Now, did you it guys did, I want to get sink. into this too, but did you guys like get out to the big water with the tracker? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So right. before we even get into that stuff, I'm gonna yeah, tell yeah. our listeners like if you really want a context of what we're talking about here, go ahead and pull up a, a Lake Nipissing map on like Navionics or something like that. And so like, it'll give you a little bit of context. And just, we and were, just drag a line two thirds of the way across it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, essentially normally we would only even try, we wouldn't even try it. Um, last year we were able to, because of the un, unreasonably calm weather this year, it was calm, but it wasn't like, the weather wasn't like it was last year. No, it in fact it was hotter. I mean, it reached like maybe eighty-seven degrees at one point. I think on Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, it was hot, but we had some rain. We had some cloud cover. We had some. We had some storms roll through. We had a bunch of different kind of little weather events, um, and we'll we'll get into kind of like the when we caught fish and everything, I'm kind of, I guess I'm just kind of give a, a, an overview of, of the week. Where do we really want to start? I mean, I, I got a million things to talk about in terms of 
of the tracker and stuff like that. So, but Donnie, go ahead. No, I'm I'm just getting comfortable. I think you guys got to start it. Yeah, you guys got to start three days before me. So what we got? We got in Friday night, like six thirty or something like that. Yeah, and Steve. you know we didn't we didn't we didn't even take our luggage out. Like we literally didn't even unpack anything. We took a few beers out and we went and sat on Reagan's porch at his trailer because uh, he has a mobile home. I don't want to say I don't know. It's not a mobile home. It's a trailer. Yeah. You know, camper. it's a camper, trailer, whatever, uh, on his property so that whenever he's guiding and whatnot, he has a place to stay. And then he rents out the three cottages that are on the property. So because we didn't have a cottage when we were coming up there on Friday, he said, just go ahead and crash. So we just crashed on bunk beds in his little trailer. And it was just as good as, you know, sleeping anywhere else. It was awesome. We ate, we just grilled some hot dogs and drank a couple beers. And uh, we had an appearance with Nipissing Lou. And we will we'll talk about Nipissing Lou here in a yeah. little while. This we'll the get, yeah, no. Lou's, oh, no, no, no. Lou's Fox, a very nice I only man. met the first night. Yeah. Right. He's uh, dabbling into guiding, multi-species guiding. I'm like, multi-species guiding. So before Quite we even the get started, character. Lou is a character, man. Lou and Reagan told us, like, you got to meet my buddy Lou. We're like, we okay, thought, we, thought sure. we had our first Sam Squatch sighting. But it was just Lou sneaking up on us in the dark. Lou sneaking up on us. Like probably he had to have the... had to have driven in like the last half mile with his headlights off. Or maybe even he, parked a he half mile. He may have parked a half road. a mile away and just snuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's like completely dark. And he just like appears in his like camo uh camo duck hat, bucket hat. Or like yeah. bucket hat, yeah. Did I hear so... Nick say that he thought it was Sasquatch? <laughs> It just oh yeah! Appeared. Oh, we. <laughs> if you think Sasquatch isn't real, uh, we got another. We we'll have another episode about that. Oh yeah, Lou, we should have Luna... a Sasquatch episode. I agree. So, anyways, agree? so that Friday night, we get introduced to Nipissing Lou, um, and we just kind of hang out. We shoot the shit, and we're like, "All right, we'll get started tomorrow morning." And so we wake up Saturday morning. And we we just go out, we hit the water, we still have some grocery shopping to do because we got in late. So we go out and fish for a couple of hours. Didn't see much at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh came back in and we drove up to Noelville uh to grab some last minute groceries while Goldie uh Goldie and Reagan they they do basically what, what we do with our Airbnb. They do all the work themselves for the most part. They do have some helpers, but this is not like a resort that has a million of employees. This is three cottages on one property. And on Saturday, when it's change out day, they're the ones out there cleaning. You know, they're it's not like some, they don't have maids coming and, and whatnot. So, you know, we try to be respectful. We knew we didn't, we weren't able to check in until later. So we went out fishing. Goldie did, did her thing. We went and then we went out and, you know, bought food, whatnot. Came back and we went back out on on Saturday afternoon, right? To get started, we got some if pipe. you haven't if you haven't listened to the Musky Skunks episode, I don't know what uh, I don't know which episode it is back in you know a year ago, where last year Nick and I went up there, same thing for a week, and 
for an entire week, we got completely skunked for muskies. We caught some, we caught some other stuff, obviously, and but we got completely skunked, and it was frustrating. It was, you know, I I don't know, demoralizing to a degree. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. Like it's it, it was tough. So going into this year, expectations were again. I don't want to say high because we said it in in the previous podcast. At no point do we expect to go up there and catch twenty fish during the week. Like at no point do we even expect to go up there and catch twelve to fifteen fish. Like if we caught seven to nine fish and four of them were good, that's I think that would be kind of a, a very good week. Um, and, Can I stop you right there for one second yeah. though to just say that I think. And we're all guilty of it. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're going. I don't think you can help yourself as much as you try to not, or at least I know I've learned to try to not. But that in itself, exactly what you're saying, I think is also the problem why these types of trips become demoralizing and and, and all of the above. It's because we're victims of our own expectations. 100%. And, and, and that's what it really all comes down to on these trips you set expectations because you're spending money, spending time, etc. You think that this or that should happen or will 100%. happen, even if you, even if you know that it probably won't. Deep down, you're still kind of thinking that it might, I guess. And then you go, and it doesn't, and it pisses you off because you were right. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's, and Donnie, you're exactly right. Okay. And I cannot tell you how many times during a week that I, I am talking to myself on the boat. Like you cannot be that attached to actually catching this fish. The attachment cannot be catching this fish. The attachment has to be the experience. Okay. Being in the moment, because the moment that, that if you are attached to catching this fish, you know, then, then that's all you give a shit about you don't pay attention to the 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 nature around you you don't pay attention to everything else happening that is wonderful that the only thing that you're not doing is catching fish you know what i mean i mean we had some of the coolest nature experiences that our moose experiences we we saw two moose one of which was one of the coolest experiences i've ever had like seeing a moose out on a point almost to the main lake and I don't know if Nick, you want to join in here, and because one, I think you were someone saw it, and and this is this is our second second day out. We are with Columbia and Reagan, and so it's me, Nick, and Danny that are casting, and Reagan's just working the boat. And you know, we had raised a couple of fish, but we we're having a great day. I mean, Danny was more than I could have. He gave me, he gave us what 12 hours yeah pretty much he pretty much gave us 12 hours of his time where danny isn't getting paid you know this wasn't something that he, you know and this is a guy that is literally the godfather and he's going to come on he's going to come on the the podcast like we're gonna we're gonna have him on and i think it would be a very interesting episode because he's just one of these thinkers you know he's a thinker and he's not afraid to tell you what he thinks. It may be completely batshit crazy. <laughs> and and some of it, it, I think, I think you know, if these guys that have fished for muskies for 35, 40 years, even their batshit crazy stuff 
probably has some grain of merit. you know merit and it's worth at least thinking about so you that's know, what i definitely anyways. enjoy anytime you get to interact with somebody like that that thinks you know outside of the box and isn't just like regurgitating musky hunter at mag or articles to you is refreshing to hear like a some original thoughts. I mean, yeah, that's so part of me, the Nick, experience. So, Nick, I I have fished with Danny, but I only got like maybe a half a day with him two years ago. Uh, he came out and fished with me and Reagan during the day, and he had to be he had to be off the water by two. Dude, we started at nine, and because Dan Reagan had to pick Danny up and bring him bring him down there, and yada yada yada, we fished until dark. You know, I mean, and and it we had to literally pull Danny off the water. Like Danny's trying to point to the last couple of spots, like, I wanna hit, I wanna hit this, I wanna hit that. And Reagan's like, Danny, we 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 gotta head in, man. This is about it. And it was so fascinating because talking to a guy like that who just literally loves it, man. Like it wasn't about money, it wasn't about anything other than he really enjoyed doing this and and you know the reason why he did it for me in this way is because i you know he's asked me to build him some custom bucktails i've sent him a bunch of stuff and so he's asked me what to pay him what he can pay me and i said danny dude just come out and fish with me for a little bit that's all that's all i want just a little bit of time and he gave me 12 plus hours so we caught one muskie we raised a giant i mean I raised the fish on one of these big main lake spots that literally made my knees shake. And Nick, you fished with me, you know, how many times over the last oh, three years up there and around here? Like, I'm not the guy to like yell out that I saw a big fish. Like, you know, I'm, if I see something, I saw it. Like, I'm not constantly, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say like, I didn't, if I didn't see a fish the entire day. You know, but this fish was a big one and, you know, it, it's the type of thing like, okay, you get, you get that fish to eat. Your trip is made, you know, that one interaction, Donnie, when you came out with us on, on Friday, that fish that, that followed you, which was our most significant action that day was a freaking monster. Dude, I don't know how long it was. It may have only been 47 or 48, but you could have put a freaking saddle on that thing and and two of my three kids could have ridden on it. Yeah, it was a good one. I, I mean, and just second, to see I that thought fish. it was going to maybe go too. They came up on that raptor and it it got pretty hot in that turn and then it just just waved by. And that's dude, and that's what happened that's with my, what that big do. one that came up on a, on a, a Toad XL. And it came up and it just kind of lazily and never got never got higher than maybe four feet, you know, from from the surface. But, man, it was on it. You know what I mean? Like the baits two feet below the surface. This thing's four feet below the surface. And it was a freaking giant. Like and of course, I make one move away from it, which has worked in the past. And instead of it following the bait, it went off to the right and never to be seen again and that's the difference between a successful zero trip so to speak. right yeah i mean that's the difference between a successful trip and not and and that's where i always have to keep in my mind like 
That's where so that's you know, why you're, I went up def- there. You need to change your definition of success. You right. I mean? No, that's why I went up there. Like to even wh- where am I going to see that fish? And, and even have that interaction, you know, like uh, that's why I go there. You know, that's why you do it. You're not it's not necessarily to catch a thousand fish. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, sitting here while you guys are away, I mean, I would have, you know, anytime you guys talk, like, Donnie, you were able to fish last year, you know, with Evan and Charlie, and, like, you guys go up to Nipissing. Are we allowed to say that? There's, like, you know, there's there's big fish. Bleep that. There, there's big fish water, right? Fish like beep. That's fine. We can beep that one. <laughs> uh, but there's, like, big fish water. You know, like, and, and that's part of this, the expectations where, you know, you're not necessarily like going there to put, you know, X amount of fish in the bag. Like you're going there for that one or two opportunities during the course of a week to put a big one in the bag. And so this year, I, I guess I had the, the pleasure really of having one of our listeners who was there the same week fishing uh about the same area he was lexan uh delicio i hope that i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly i believe he goes by comeback kid 09 on uh on instagram just a really good dude he's from pennsylvania here like out in the i believe like the scranton area but he's been going to nipissing with his dad for for a couple for years and covid and yada 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 but he's got a lot of experience but they they focus on the west arm and you know he and i kept in touch all week you know how many did you move this morning how many did you get and you know he he kept getting fish we you know we're moving a fish and and he's getting a fish and you know it's you know that okay maybe he's doing something different and he even told me he was like look they've been going on top water they've been going on top water and Top water is not something I have ever thrown with any confidence, any confidence at all, because I've never caught a fish on top water. Again, for our listeners, remember, I am not a professional muskie fisherman. Like when I say I've never caught a fish on top water, it's because I, I'm not that experienced at muskie fishing, period. So like for someone to say, okay, they're going on top water. That's just not my confidence base. You know, and so I think both Nick and I, I don't I don't know that it's necessarily Nick's confidence bait. And so it took us a while to kind of. That's what I was excited. And I'm like, that's like one of the highlights for me is that I now have a topwater bait that I got a bunch of action on. Didn't catch anything, but at least I know that they'll go on it. Yeah, you got some of the best action of the trip on that one topwater. Every other topwater I've ever thrown is just, you know a lot of watching a propeller spin and (laughs) getting off into the sunset. (laughs) And I guess what I'm saying is, is had maybe had we switched our, our approach three days before, because we really didn't start throwing top water until we went out with Reagan on Thursday. Yeah. But uh, it's like one of those, I also feel like I'm not doing I'm, I probably wasn't doing something right as far as hooking them on top water because I definitely no, pulled see, it right out of the mouth of I don't two of them. I don't think I think that's just a it's how the fish hits it because it's all going after that that back hook and if it's a nipper 
and it doesn't quite get it. But think about if that fish inhaled that thing. Isn't oh, that one of the? Oh, isn't that like one of the lowest percentage yeah, hookup, hookup percentage. baits? Like, yeah. is it top water? Yeah. So that's what I don't know if there's little things I could have done better as far as getting them hooked on that, but I've never caught on. a muskie on top water either. But I know the the general saying is "reel it till you feel it." Yeah, that's that's the one main thing. Don't set the hook when you see something happening. And that's what I did. Until you that's what I did the, with the two the that like. But yeah, because your first one easier said than done. Because the first time you you had one, and I heard you say like something boiled on it or swirled on it and then as soon as and i went hit back it over towards you it hit it yeah and then i and almost so hit, the, kinda... hit the boat trying to set the hook <laughs> you almost took, yeah you almost took reagan's head off <laughs> so. uh but that's what's kind of cool about top water is when they miss like you can kind of keep it going and they're still yeah, gonna come after like it. yeah might you still might have a shot at back. it as opposed to when they come right to the boat and then they swim off then they're just off into the abyss and lord knows where they decided to go off to Right. Yeah. So so, um, at least it's like one of those. I now have confidence in one of the far too many topwaters that I own that never get thrown. But, and honestly, I think the next time I'm up there, like topwater is going to be one of my go tos in the sense that, you know, if, I'm going to start with it. I'm going to put some time into it because yeah. if it, if those fish go on it, which obviously they do, you know, I, I should probably fish it because they didn't go on, on anything else I was throwing. I mean, I got some good follows on bucktails, but other than that, you know. Yeah. I had that one that I, you know, touched with hooks on the bucktail, but again. It... Yeah. And that one blew up right both side. Uh, it hit further out and then it followed in after that but yeah so anyways on the second day when we went out with danny and reagan i got a maybe 40 we didn't bump it like could have been 38 could have been 40 might have been 41 i don't know like it was not a big fish at all in fact danny was like this is the fish i probably wouldn't even take out of the net and and reagan's like all right we're gonna get a picture like, come on, you know, like we're at least going to get a picture. So we took it out. We didn't bump it. We took a, a quick three pictures and and sent it back on the way. And so quite that honestly, cool. that's as that much was... as that's, that, that was as much as as much Nick's fish as mine, because as I'm reeling my perch bait in his perch bait catches on the line or on the or on my perch bait. And basically we both drag the fish in and into the net oh when i was clearing lines it just like snagged the and then i just free spooled it well but it was exciting that it hit on a wire line actually the danny yeah which i've never yeah i've never fished wire lines. which it's still like it drives me a little bit wild that he was running i don't know so i've always run it just like wire like haywire twist to a snap swivel and then connect that to your bait. But he was running a haywire to a leader, like five foot leader, four foot leader, something like that. That was like flora. So I don't know. 
I, I so just isn't like the whole the, point of the wire. Isn't the whole point of the wire line to keep it down faster? Like it down faster, you can see like a weird the, vibration. Yeah, so I've done vibration. it with like a solid wire leader or just no leader at all. But I also don't have to worry about getting snagged up on shield rocks anywhere I fish. So, so, so that that's kind of an interesting thing to bring up, and that is that where we're fishing it's not often that you have four people on the boat and you're fishing four rods. These Canadians are not used to fishing multiple, you know, tons and tons of rods. So we had four people on the boat and we, we, we kept putting out a believer and this believer just kept wiping everything out, man. Not everything, just the two, the other one on that side. It was, uh, not a believer in believers. No, not Dude, not not uh, with not with four rods. See, that's I wasn't an interesting a believer in much of Reagan's little trolling bait spread. But see, that's the thing. I mean, like those are the those are the baits that work. I mean, <laughs> I, I, those perch baits. Thing. I'm sure they all. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they all work just the same. I think some of the stuff that we brought that we run at home would probably work too. And, and vice versa if we ran the other stuff here more, but right. And that's what I you know very much think it's still like a bait to bait thing. Like right. Took a bait that worked here and it worked up there last year. But now yeah. do you guys okay, so when you're in the situation, I want to ask this about Reagan and you guys have four people on the boat, you're out there trolling four rods. Like Nick, is there any like uh is there any angst? like looking over and seeing like the four rods, like versus, you know, here we've got two people in the boat. We're running six rods. Like, do you guys feel any, like, uh, was there any pressure there to be like, man, this is just different. Not really. I mean, I'm just used to, you know, that's what, that's the way it is in Canada, the one rod of man. So like, right. Like the idea, the idea of, it's so running much more is totally foreign to these guys. You know, it, it, I guess some St. Clair guys came up there and, and, uh, you know, one we're going to run planer boards all over and, uh, you know, more or less everybody just kind of looked at them like they were silly because you just simply, what are you going to do? Put six people on the boat just to run six rods. You know, that, right. That, that's that's really what world. you're doing. Why right. don't you bring? Why don't you bring three and boats? You're, you're trolling and, way more like pinpointed structure, not mm. not just covering water, right? But, I think uh, that's one of the big differences. Yeah, that's what I always enjoy going to Canada. Like Larissa and I will go out, and it's just one rod a person, easy. I mean, you right. can do it in the tiller. Donnie, did you see the big two? The the two real big ones that were caught out on those same spots there today? No. Nope. Oh, like freaking Donnie's, monsters. Donnie's cleansed himself. Like yeah. Where, uh, no, I, Mon- how would I monsters. Even, how would I have seen them? Uh, Memquizit, the the one lodge up there. I'll I'll send it to you. And this one woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the week when we leave, like it's always the same week that that we are leaving. The Muskies Canada Sudbury chapter has their uh essentially musky tournament and so they all stay at the memquisite lodge with the same which is the same lodge that nate stayed at which is basically directly across from where we stayed okay 
and it's basically all the guy, all the muskies, Canada guys from Sudbury, the Sudbury chapter. And they all fish the same big spots. They all, you know, this big, they, these gigantic Georgian Bay boats. I mean, just insane boats. But anyways, there were a couple of pictures in the, uh, you know, on the lodge website that uh, a woman got two gigantic fish that look like they might be the exact same fish. And Reagan says he thinks they're the same fish, but they cloud cover, water, everything looks a little bit different. And uh, but it's it, it's definitely the spots that we've that we fished. I mean, there's no no doubt in my mind. And that's just kind of how. Let's just say it. Muskies suck. You know, it's just it's frustrating. Like the idea that we were not fishing big fish spots is. You know. Just ridiculous, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to. But does that make you feel better or worse? Uh, it makes me feel <laughs> actually it makes me feel better. Does it? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, how could you not like like all these guys that go and they troll the same patterns on Lake Arthur and well, no, 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 I, I no, 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 no. I mean, I, I mean, like, I no, meant. seriously. I, I but mean, think like about the... it. Like you're trolling the same patterns and those fish, those I mean. So it doesn't, it, it makes me think like, absolutely, you're, you're in the right place. 100%. Right, no, I, I, See, this I, is where I, I think 100% like. get that. I'm saying like, okay, you go, you go on a trip and you, and you get smacked in the, in the dick for lack of a better term. Now, if you're going out there and you can, you can kind of make the excuse to yourself that like, Hey, maybe I wasn't in the right place or, or this or that. And that's why I didn't catch them. But then once you've been, once it's been solidified that you were in the right place, what's the X factor now? It's the X factor me, I think is, is right. No, it's, it, I don't you think have so. to look in. I think that's, that's you're there. I mean, that's, that's Absolutely. the way my mind works. And that's, oh. that's where my frustrations usually stem from because Here's in my head. I, I'm in the right place. I'm using fit baits that catch fish. I have everything is lined up. It is now down to me versus fish. And I yes fail. yes to a degree no right I, no I, no I, I mean I'm no not I, I don't to make I don't anybody agree with that. here feel bad or anything. I'm just saying that that's how my brain works. I don't look at it. I don't look at it from any other perspective than that. And that's where when something, you know, when I get frustrated on the water or something, that's where it stems from. So that gigantic fish that followed your bait all the way into the boat. And for some reason, that fish brain as the P the P sized brain that a muskie has that is purely based on whatever animal instincts that we will never understand it decided not to eat the bait like that right. fish. And so how does that not make you at least feel good that a, 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 a tank. I, I, well, I, okay. I guess it, a tank. If you want to know your the bait truth, in. I think what it is, is that I think it, at, there was a time where it made me feel good, but it's happened too many fucking times now. <laughs> Without actually eating, that it becomes a question of what am I doing wrong? Why? Or why? 
why does this woman from Muskie's Canada come three days later and catch it? You know, obviously it wasn't the same fish, Bro, but you see I what I'm getting. A, I went for a week, man. I like, know. And I know. Not, not only a week, like a week this week and then last year for a week. Like Dude, this right. is... the, the idea, the idea that like uh, that, you know, it's it's only you or only me or only Nick that this happens to like that is kind of, I think where we kind of get caught up in, in that we are the more, we're not important in the sense that like I try and I try, this is what I try to convince myself. Like I'm here for this experience. Okay. These fish don't give a fuck and and we can bleep my F words, whatever. Like these fish don't give a shit about how much money I spend or how, you know, anything they like, what, no, they don't owe I, me. I think they don't owe me anything. Yeah, 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 dude. No, this is no, a different... I, I think you're missing what I'm saying. I'm not talking about money spent. I'm not talking about time spent. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about sheer techniques, man versus beast, if you will, and falling short of the mark. That's what I'm talking about. That's Have you caught fish in a figure eight. You know what I'm saying? Not nearly as many as I feel like I should for the amount of times I've had shots at him. And I guess that's that's what I'm getting at. It's that type of stuff. You know what I'm okay. well, saying? Uh, well, no, I think this is we're getting to kind of the, the crux of it here. And that right. is like, okay, so I, I will say this. I've had more success boat side than I have in any other arena. So... I spend more time, and you guys fish briefly with me, but I spend more time figurating, and it didn't result in any fish this this year, okay? Zero. But that is just kind of something that I've I've said to myself, I'm going to make that a priority, and I found that that turned into more fish. It didn't this year, and it didn't last year. But, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't know, if you're, if, if, if you think it's you that is, turning these fish off i don't know like how how see i think this is this is the i don't uh, think it's you, <laughs> you this know is what I mean? the, like... this is the difference this is the the different angles that we all look at this stuff right like this is interesting for me because i'm the outsider i wasn't there on this trip but i have a tendency to agree with donnie in some of these aspects of like you go on these trips you're listen that's a giant body of water Right. For you guys to be out on a spot and move a big fish, that's a success to me. Yes. And I completely agree. That's an accomplishment. 100%. There is, there's a lot more that goes into musky fishing, right? Like for you, how many times have you guys been out and you've had a fish go boat side or you've, something's happens where the fish will eat, whether you're trolling or casting, the fish gets off, you don't get it in the bag for whatever reason, or maybe somebody botches a net job or whatever it is. Yeah, we'll right? talk like, about my botched net job you, here in a you moment. You always <laughs> like me. I'm on the same page as Donnie, where I'm always thinking like, okay, "What could I do better? What could I do better here? Right. Like, why yeah. did that not go the way I wanted it to go?" And, and some of and that might be my personality, mm-hmm. you know. And and I really am. If anybody thinks I'm the like the chest thumping type or any of that. Like I am my own big, biggest critic. I no, I think to. you're, I think you're there's more a pessimist. A, like I, I wish we hater. You're more I, I a probably pessimist. am. Yeah. I, I mean, probably am. And uh, the pessimism, you know, the glass half full as opposed to the glass half empty, you know, like I, and, and I'm, I'm the same way, dude. I, I constantly have to try to convince myself 
that you know things aren't negative like but you it's know, hey, just like you know when it, it, like i said when it, i i also like i i tend to analyze things in a very basic form i guess and like when i look at the sit like a situation like that and again you know ev- everything about the trip is awesome but i look at at one common denominator on every big fish water trip that i've gone to whether it be northern minnesota whether it be canada whether it be lake st Clair, uh the st lawrence i had a little better success than I have anywhere else that I've gone, but still when you compare it to what other people do and, and, and you know, again, you can't do that stuff at no, all, you but can't. I'm just saying it generally speaking, uh, let's put it this way. It was still a, a trip that by all rights would be uh, below expectations, if you will, for a week long trip. Right. It was a good trip for me, comparatively speaking to any other trip that it was complete trash, <laughs> for lack of a better word. It, But it still wasn't what you would say, you know, a banger trip, if you will. But regardless, uh, I guess what I'm getting at is that I look at the fact that it seems like when when it happens, when that moment comes, everybody says, you know, it, it takes one cast or whatever. When that happens, when I get those chances, it just never seems to go the right way. And I I don't discredit that it could be something that I'm doing or I feel that it has to be something that I'm doing or that I can do better. And I want to do it better, but I don't know what it is. None of you guys are golfers. None of you guys are golfers. So I can't even like put it into perspective what it's like to be a single digit almost scratch handicap golfer since the time I was like 14 years old and watch all these freaking jackasses make hole in ones. This idiot on my golf team had two hole in ones before we even graduated high school. He bounced one off of freaking hillside and it went in the goddamn hole, uh, you know, on a par three, like, okay, I played competitive golf. I won a club championship. Uh, You name it. I've played so many freaking rounds of golf, spent so much money. I do not have a hole in one. I don't like I, I people that I mean, people that are are half half the golfer that I am as a total, you know, not even half. Like, I mean, I was a good golfer at one point. I do not have a single hole in one my entire life. You know how many freaking rounds of golf? You know how many par threes I've played? You know how many good shots I've hit and it's never gone in the hole. It's just never gone in. I have been like that freaking close. Can I ask you a question about this? Cause this is going to, this is where we started. So without you, with you not having a hole in one, do you ever question as to why you never hit a hole in one? Hell yeah. I mean, uh, I'm like, Oh man, it would be awesome to, to, to have it. But quite honestly, I was the guy that played great golf. Like it wasn't, I wasn't the guy that established my, that like established myself by making one great shot. I played good golf consistently. I didn't, wasn't a great golfer. I was a good golfer. And, and so making a hole in one to me, if I was a very solid musky fisherman day in, day out, day in, day out, like Donnie is like on a consistent basis that just consistently puts fish in the net, consistently does the right thing, consistently fishes different bodies of water like 
that's more, there's more accomplishment in that to me than someone that goes out to me like and makes two hole in ones with random ass shots as opposed to me who, you know, played really good golf and shot maybe two under par over 54 holes, but didn't make any hole in ones. You know what I mean? It's like, so I have a lot more respect for the guy who goes out and does it consistently as opposed to, yeah, I mean, it's awesome to catch giant fish, but, and that's why you go up there. But Donnie, you catch fish around here. You catch fish consistently. You should be licking your chops at a trip like that. And just saying, I'm here just to, for that one shot. That's kind of how, that's my mentality. I'm not telling you like, that's just my mentality. Like, I think we're off. You've caught, that, I think we're off so that. many fish, man. I think the whole point was that lady went up three days later and put two giant fish in the bag. Like yeah, but what, right after but you guys fished that spot. See, that's the thing. Like who give like, don't pay that attention to social media. No, no, I agree. Like, that, doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't it, make it, me feel one way or another. No, it doesn't make, no, it doesn't. Don't lie. Owen. No, you, true. No, quite honestly, it doesn't. That makes me feel, I mean it when I say that validates what I'm doing. I'm 100%. This is that, interesting. That boat, that the boat that we're out there trolling that main spot, Donnie, you were when in that boat that's trolling down the other side. Looks like they're doing the same dumbass stuff we're doing, right? That yeah. could have been that boat, and you know what I mean. Like, I, we're you're you're literally doing what everyone does at Lake Arthur, and all these other places, but you're doing it in a place that easily could produce a a, a life changing fish. But I don't know. I just uh, it, I I didn't I don't understand like the the being down on it. I think I get it though. I think I get what you guys are what you're saying, and and I I think I agree with both sides. But I just uh, man, it's easy to to play Monday morning quarterback and kind of go is. through it, some it, of this after stuff after another week of 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 banging my head against the wall. And Nick, I mean, I don't mean my head. Nick and I did it together, like, for literally six straight days. That's what, you know, I mean, like, we weren't doing anything wrong. No, and, and I what... know that. I know that. That's why I kept saying to you, like, and I don't mean that, like, I kept saying it. Like, I mean it, like, I kept just trying to, I guess, express it because I'm expressing it to myself. Because if you talk out loud, you're kind of convincing yourself that, hey, things are still good. We were doing things right. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind, but it just, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. So There's basically more to for, for our listeners listening that have been, you know, dying to hear, we basically, we got four muskies over the week. Nick and I got three. I got one little one. Nick got two little ones. Uh, and Kellen got little one, uh, got a little one, you know, so none of us got anything big, but Donnie didn't get one, but again, you know, that... Owen's got a skewed perspective. Both his and uh, Kellen's were nice fish, like 37, 40 inch range. Right. I caught two no. 24s. No, no, I, I agree. Nick, 24s. Nope. You're, you're right. No, but Nick, Nick got a healthy pike, which I showed my complete and total buffoonery, like with the net. I mean, like I just thank God that wasn't a big muskie. I feel thank like that's God. uh that's part of the uh getting used to a new boat. Yeah. Dude, I was like heartbroken that we didn't get that pike in the net. 
does not because matter. it was a good pike. I know it didn't to you, but it mattered to me just because it was like, I don't know. You watch YouTube videos and you critique somebody doing a net job. And, and it's like, again, we all want to be the Monday morning quarterback. And then when it comes time for your, your shot at it, there I go and blow it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was like a complete and total, uh, like a, an encapsulation of, of what we talk about on this podcast that, you know, you, Swanky, go ahead. What you just said, Owen, for the net job is the exact same way I feel when I bring a giant (laughs) fish up to the boat and it doesn't eat for the record. To me, that's me blowing it. I I, I think that's the part where we were disconnected there. But maybe, you know what I mean? Because I'm not talking about money spent, miles traveled, anything like that. Failure to execute. I get you know, I you know, I know what you're signing up for when you go on one of these trips. You know, I, I've done it a number of times and I know exactly what to expect. But you know, when you get that shot and it doesn't go, and you, you know, then it's hard, at least it's it's getting harder for me to not get frustrated the more times it happens too. I, I can't lie, and I don't know how to combat that. Uh, I know that that's a problem. I used to be able to go a week without getting pissed off. Now it's two or three days and I'm starting to get pissed off. Uh, and and I see that in myself. And I, I that's that's honestly why I even, you know, consider whether or not it's not a bad idea to take a little time or, you know, a couple of years off from from taking a destination trip like this and and staying closer to home or, or things like that. And I'm not sure what the answer is there, but it's, it's a, okay, maybe I need to focus more on, on an area with numbers for a week and actually get more reps with the fish boat side so that when I get that chance with a, a big fish at the boat, I won't screw it up next time or something. I, I don't know, yeah, but tell- it's hard to not think that you missed made a mistake or that you didn't execute to Owen's point though, with the boat side stuff, like there are some other variables there. Like that fish might've just not been hot. You know, we yeah. all know yeah. like these, these fish and it's easy to like beat ourselves up, you know, like, Oh, I, I, we couldn't execute that. I couldn't get that fish to eat. But realistically, like how many times have you guys had a follow where you knew that fish wasn't going to go uh, well, low actually- and slow? I would say that that's exactly the way the big, the giant fish that like made my knees shake. It never once like threatened to actually eat my bait. Okay. Maybe that's my fault. Maybe I didn't make the move at that right moment to trigger that fish. And you're right, Donnie. Maybe I, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. So you don't. You know. don't know, right? But don't that, know. That's that's what can drive you crazy. Swinky, but... Swinky, you remember the first time we fished together? You took yes. me up to Chautauqua. We all remember the first time, Ryan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never was, forget your first. Right. So <laughs> we're up there and I had a fish come up both side and that fish, I was using a, a Medusa. That fish came up and was like swimming alongside the Medusa. Like mm-hmm. I moved, I moved that bait. I went around and every time I, I threw that bait forward, that fish would scurry right up alongside of it. And it was like nudging the bait with the side of its head. And it was swimming alongside the Medusa. Like, there's nothing I could have done to make that fish eat. Like, I could, yeah, to Nick's point, I could have snagged the crap out of it, probably. <laughs> but, like, 
you know, there was nothing I was going to do to make that fish eat. That fish right. was just interested and wanted to know what that bait was. Might right. have tried to spawn with it for all we know. Who, who knows? But like, dude, there's some times where you're, these fish are just not going to eat. They just come yeah. up and they look at the bait. So I, I see Donnie's point though. Like, right. I it's see happened enough sides. times that they can't yeah, always I mean, you just cold. can't help, but you're yeah. right. I mean, and, and, you know, maybe every, every fish that I raised, on every trip I've ever been on, I had no chance of converting no matter what I did. But I find that hard to believe, you know, so I I feel That's... like if you're not questioning what you're doing wrong, then you're you're not. You're not yeah. making any attempt to get better. So I feel like you you have to take a look inward again. Maybe that's just me. That's the way my mind works. Maybe I'm sometimes overly critical, but that's what like. I don't know if it's like I don't pay attention or what, but I never see like nearly the number of follows that it seems like most people claim to see when we're like up there at Nipissing. I mean, I had, I might have three this time and they were probably all on the same day when I was thrown on the top water in Bucktail. Uh, other than that, I, you know, not a single follower. I caught two way out away from the boat. And then had another on for a second, again way out from the boat. But I never, never seemed to see fish. I just they either hit out far or, and maybe that's just the nature of jerk baits. But right, yeah. I mean, I do think that's typically something to that. A lot of times, just the action of a jerk, the bait type of the bait. Sometimes. And that's, yeah, I think bucktails right, probably like yeah. more follows. Yeah. Jerk baits, I feel like if they're not going to hit it on that last pause before it gets to the boat, it's probably not, you're probably not going to see it in a figure eight. But, right. you know, where bucktails, you can, I, I don't disagree with you, Nick. Like, I feel like we didn't see as many fish as we should have over an entire week in terms of follows. Yeah, and that's something like if we would have been throwing topwater the whole time, I probably would have yanked my right. bait out of a bunch more fish's mouth. Yeah, who but... knows how many who knows how many fish we yeah, right. So you guys kind of recapped this already. Like I wanted to go back because that was the you guys got through like day two, right? Yeah, day yeah, two we were out in the boat with Regan and Danny. Day three at what point did did Owen feed a fox in the middle of the night? Oh, that's because... like night night number. That, okay, so I think that was after Danny and Regan. Yeah, that was I think the second night. So, so let I me get talk, this, talk I, about my little wildlife adventure. I got it. I get this video, and I'm like completely blown away by this. Like I'm I, gonna, I, I I'm must have watched that times. right now. No one should feed wildlife. <laughs> Anything. It is not co-signing what I yeah. so what I'm doing. You're this video. Creatures. This video. There's a fox on the back porch, and I hear Owen say, "Hey, buddy, you want another meatball?" <laughs> I'm like, "What the heck is going on, dude?" He's, I had to. I have a it. video. Did I send you the video of it eating the other meatball? No, I didn't see oh, it. Oh yeah, I have a video of it eating so eating a meatball. You're up there feeding. Fox, a fox on the back porch meatballs. Okay, so just for clear listener clarification, when we checked in on Saturday, the uh, the wonderful gentleman who was checking out of the property was quite a talker, and 
he wanted to tell us every little thing about the property. And he told me all about the fox. So I knew I, it, it shocked me when the fox showed up on the on like the first or second night. But it didn't totally shock me. I'm like, holy shit, that's the fox that guy was talking about. Because it really was. I mean, it it came right up and it. I wasn't the I Nick, I did not spoil that fox. Cannot blame that on me. Just propagated. So fox was cool, man. Does that you, mean did... does that mean I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't feed my my little man George the squirrel uh sunflower seeds? Was yes. I was I ruining nature by giving him sunflower seeds? Arguably, probably. <laughs> and I think George would differ. George would, would, so what, George would differ. Did you hand feed this fox a meatball? Or did you just like I, roll it like lady in the Oh no, no, no. I just roll it. I just I left it on the I left it on like the top of the I left it on the top step and and he came up and got it right in front of me. Like just not even frags. You you could have basically pet this fox. Yeah, it had I done had I yeah, had I worked on it. The fox easily could have given him rabies or mange. Yeah, easily yeah, I, in a one-on-one scenario. Now let me ask this: So, Donnie, what happens Nick, in Canada stays in Canada. You guys have bow hunted, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. guys, you guys spend time out. How many times have you seen a fox out in the woods? Mm, not often. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few, but I've I've never seen them hang Rifle around season, like that. I've seen them, but not. Yeah, like I, I I've probably seen a dozen total in my life, like in yeah. the woods. And they're they're never... way more prevalent in Canada. Okay, well, I've like, never seen one on a back porch like that ever. No. Like I've seen a dozen on the drive-in to like our place in Canada in one night. Yeah, yeah, I get seeing them around, but man, I've never yeah. known anybody to feed a meatball right. to a fox. So, dude, and he was very appreciative. I mean, he was he was a very happy fox. <laughs> Wrote a nice but, you thank know what? you. That note. was only. That was only the beginning of our uh, our adventures in wildlife because I've done I don't know I've been to Canada probably at least a dozen times if not if not more and I can count on one hand the number of moose that I've encountered and do we do we talk we we kind of started talking about this when we we're I talking about fishing is meese. Meese, mises, mooses. We're out fishing with Danny and Reagan, and we're casting, and we're out on the main lake. We're like near the mouth of the French, where it comes out to the main lake. At one of these points that is literally as far away from any type of, I don't know, like significant landmass you could possibly imagine. And someone was like, Is that a moose up there? Yeah. It might have been like a mile from like the mainland. At least, at least, and and you look up and you look at this point, and yeah, it looks like a moose's silhouette or Mises moose silhouette, mooses Mises. Looks like a moose's silhouette at the uh, at the. Yeah, we thought it was like a statue. And I'm like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, somebody somebody owns a cottage there, and they're like, I'm gonna put a big moose statue up here and just jerk people around then it starts doing like the ear flicks yeah it's like like holy shit that's a real moose (laughs) and we got up pretty damn close to it uh i don't know how we'll figure out some way to i'll post something on my instagram with the with with the videos because i i posted a reel 
I mean, not a real, but a, a story. But you know, those disappear after twenty four hours. But uh, this was a pretty cool moose encounter. Uh, it was just chilling out. It was a a cow, just chilling out there on a spot, it was maybe like twenty yards from a cabin, like yeah, on a point. Like, but very, that spot, that spot exposed. on the point. That spot on the point is so far away from anything. Like that was on an island. Just off, if I'm not mistaken, just off the 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 mouth of the French. So I mean, I don't know. It's just it was a very cool experience. Really enjoyed it. We saw a bunch of loons. If anyone's followed the podcast, they know I'm a huge big loon guy. I'm a big loon guy. Huge. Huge. Huge, huge loon guy. Looney uh, Tooney. What else do we see? We saw, you know, eagles, which are pretty much standard fare these days. You know, just Kellen about... and I saw a bear when we were out with Reagan. It was That's right. across the lake. It That's went tough. right up on a little island. It's just it wasn't a real big bear, but it was it was still a bear. You try to give it any meatballs? I didn't, I didn't feed it any meatballs, no. I don't even so... know where to go from here. <laughs> like that kind of <laughs> I was, yeah, was just pissed when I got there. There weren't any meatballs left because Owen fed them all to the fox. That's right. And I, oh, that's right, Nick. And then the next day, I'm like, when, who, got where, rid did, who, who got rid of the sauce. meatballs and the extra meatballs and the spaghetti sauce in here? And I'm like, oh, that, you fed it to the fox, oh. you dumbass. <laughs> was the food oh, okay, guys? Shoot. The food was more than okay. Yeah, was the food was top notch. All right. Glad the to... food was very good. That was, uh, good. yeah, it was. We ate well. Last, last year, I felt bad when you guys got up there. Everyone was like scrounging on leftovers. So this year, <laughs> this year we we had enough food. Yeah, we had plenty of food. Lots so, of good food. Okay, so you fed this fox like day. It was like night two. You guys to this point have what two fish? Because Nick got those couple of fish. Like is that day three? Day three in the morning, so. he got yeah. them maybe like 10 casts apart. We got like two pictures right in a row. It was like bang yeah. and then bang. And I was like, yeah. oh, boy. and then that quick again, I, I had another one hooked and off. Yep. Okay. So that was, and then again, three. that was and, all within like 15 minutes. Bam, and, that, bam, bam. and that's day three where that's enough. That's when we are in my boat and where he catches those fish that's out in middle west bay and i don't want to uh, like for our listeners if you want to take like just a second and and like look at a map of a good half hour boat ride from yeah cabin. it's in and for the record like i don't know if we talked about this but the boat was great i was getting about 27 miles per hour on the regular 30 miles per hour if we were like downwind and you know totally calm water so it was awesome in that sense. But, uh, you know, th- that spot we we're talking about is about a half an hour boat ride. But now, then from anybody... there, we went we went all the way out into the main, main lake with my boat that day. Whatever we calculated out, 24 miles or something like that. Yeah. So it's um, like 20. Tw- yeah. But that so, was pretty uneventful. So yeah, we didn't walk, catch shit. walk me through this because I had two questions. Number one, did anybody smack a bait off of Owen's windshield during no. the course of the week? Okay, so that was I did. I did bounce my rod off the trolling motor 
a couple times. That was it. That's a win. So, okay, walk me through this. You guys, and I looked at the map, right? You know, like as you guys were like up there, like day one or two, whatever night that was, I decided to look at the map and I was like, holy crap. (laughs) So, okay, number one, what possesses you to go 24 miles across that lake? Okay. And number two, like, what were you guys looking for, like, spot wise to give you a place to fish? Because when I'm looking at this, like, we were, we were going to known spots. Okay. Yes. This is not us, like, reinventing the wheel these are literally big 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 water spots that if you can get to them you can fish them the 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 issue with most of these spots is that you have to have a bigger boat to get to so even if you no matter where you are on the lake if you don't have a big enough boat to get to these spots you cannot fish them that's why they're all weather conditions right Mm -hmm. uh, right 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 a smaller boat any you know any boat can make it out there in ideal weather conditions but um you know so for that first day when nick and i went out there we knew that the weather was going to be down and we were like okay this is going to be our real opportunity to go and do this and in the tracker let's see what see what happens we didn't catch anything but the fact that we covered that much ground in a new boat like we caught the two at the middle west bay spot which is where oh that's right yeah my first fish two years ago the first year i went yes and that's where i got my 54 in 2017 yeah so these are community spots. Are these like giant no, rock that, piles? That one, what? that one is not a community spot. There's not a single person. I don't We've know of another boat there. Of, I don't know of another boat that would ever fish that spot that we're talking about. Where I got my fifty four. Sure, somebody got, does. But that's what but, I mean. Like, but yeah. I, in in seven in, okay, in six right. years of going there, I've seen boats on every single one of those major spots that we fish. Yeah. And when we say boats, these are like musky guide boats. Okay. Mm-hmm. These are these are these are guys like Sean DeGagne and 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 the Slobland Flicks guys. You know, these are not like guys from the rental from the cottages on land. Like if you see boats out on these spots, they are they're serious boats. But when I say that they're not, they're known spots, they're known spots, you know, like if you have the boat to get to them and you have an entire day to spend trying to fish these spots, you can, anyone can go and fish them, you know? So this sounds to me a lot like St. Clair where, you know, like last, not this year, but last year coming from Detroit, we were hauling across that lake. And, and Leo had a very specific thing in mind. Like he, you know, he's fished these areas, but so I guess this is just a matter of like, Oh, and to your point, learning the lake and understanding some of those spots and how they set up. Like I, I picture when you say I'm going 24 miles across this lake, I'm sitting there looking at the volume of water and I'm like, Holy crap. Like it would have to be something very special for me to want to travel that distance to, to throw baits over it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like they, watch, watch Slobland flicks and you know, those, that type of stuff that these are literally those types of spots. I mean, yeah. I don't, you know, I've never fished with those guys, but it both of, is, both of your fifties came off those spots. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, your, your, your big 46, every, every big fish follow, I mean, really big, 
big fish has been out on the main lake. Now, that is not to say that there are not big fish in the West Arm because, uh, you know, there are Lexan, who I mentioned earlier, I believe he's got, I think, a couple of 50s out of the West Arm. So it's it's a gigantic body of water. And really, I think, honestly, we need to break it down. I need to break it down into smaller sections because making 25-mile runs to not catch fish and to then look and say, hey, I just wasted all this time that I could have been casting on spots that, you know, maybe aren't like legendary spots, but they would pr produce fish. See, this so, is... This is like two different mindsets, though, because if I'm going to go up to Nipissing for a week, like part of me, there's part of me like that wants to explore and make that 25 mile run just to see the whole lake and try to understand what that big water means. But then there's this other part of me that's like, you know, me going to Arthur on a Friday afternoon where I know it's like I've got to condense this down to X amount of area to, to focus on and just drill like how how do you guys you know how do you approach that like you only get to go up once a year right so like donnie you've been there twice now right like you have x amount yeah. of time on that body of water when you look at that much water like what's the what's the approach like you just oh and you were like well we have the day to do this so we're gonna go do this to is that a is that a checkbox in your mind to be like all right we did this we fished that area or Yes. So our first day, like when it was just Nick and I on Saturday, we essentially just kind of drove around looking at spots like we fished them. But we more or less kind of wanted to check on the spots that we would normally fish, see what the weed growth was. I mean, the, the difference in weed growth on spots from year to year is insane. Like there were spots that, you know, in previous years, you could pick apart the entire weed bed where this year it was a complete map of of weeds and it was just unfishable. And so for our first day, we kind of just drove around. We fished a bunch of spots, but we were really just kind of seeing what was up. You know, uh, the second day we went out with Danny and Reagan. Then the third day was really where we were kind of on our own to, to really like explore. And that's where we kind of, I don't know. It's so hard to describe because there's really two there's casting and then there's trolling, right? And up there, trolling is not necessarily what we do trolling here because you're not running a six rod spread. You're, you're running only two if it's me and Nick and the typically you're, you're trolling these large weed flats. So you're not, you're not running these big crankbaits. You're running spinner baits or, or, you know, shallower running running crankbaits that aren't going to get hung up in the weeds it's just a totally different fishing now what outlook and, and it's hard and it's hard to to buy into it i guess that's kind of what i'm like so it's hard to believe that you're doing it right that's the other thing because i mean there's there's a million ways to catch a muskie right like there's a million different ways that you guys could have approached this trip and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like I would have nowhere to even start. And for you guys to go out there and still put fish in the bag, you know, Nick two back to back and a third one that gets off, like you gotta be feeling pretty good with that. 
you know, at the beginning of the week there, just to, when you look at the overall size, but like you're, you're talking about trolling in the weeds, like Nate Bud talked about trolling in the weeds, spinner baits, but like, how does this lake lay out? Like, to, can you get to, uh, through, okay. So it's, it, it's actually kind of like, I would, I would put it in four different sections. Really? You have the West arm, which has deep water. I mean, deep water, 80, 90 feet, the West arm Warren Bay. And it's got real steep breaks. It's got, um, you know, it's, it's got weed patches, but you're more fishing rock shorelines, break lines, things like that. Then there's the West Bay. And anyone that wants to pull up a map, you can look at the West Arm. You can, if you look at the hydro, you know, hydro map, you can see how deep it is there. And then West Bay is shallow as shit. I mean, insanely shallow to the point where there's what's called the Southern Trough, which is kind of like the main area, which is where Reagan's cottage is and, it's the main the main deep spot that you can go through and not have to worry about things. But if you get off into that's on the southern trough. If you go if you go north into the West Bay, it is just shallow, shallow, shallow. I mean to the point where I won't even go I won't like even five feet, it. six oh, feet. Oh bro, I don't even I, I, two feet at times. And and there are rock there are rock points and there are there there are trip enders, you know they call them trip enders for a reason because, like you do not just buzz around this place, like you st- like Nick and I we stay, on our paths, and if we're gonna go off these our main paths we're going twenty seven to thirty miles per hour we are going slow, and a lot of times we would take that time to troll and say let's throw out two rods and. You know, because you're there are just vast flats of seven to 12 foot of water with this sporadic weed growth. It's not this defined weed lines. And that's Mm -hmm. where it, it gets very difficult to kind of conceptualize what you're trolling through. You're trolling through like these weed patches, not weed beds, so to speak. Nick, do you agree with me on that or am I am I wrong there? Yeah, there's just like vast expanses of weeds that are like, you know, three feet below the surface with patches that come all the way to the surface. And, then... and, you, and you have this, what they call the kill zone, you know, and which is, you know, if the weeds are coming up to two feet, if you can keep your spinner bait between that surface and two feet, wherever that weed, weed line, the kill zone is, that's the, you know, you've got it right. But when you're going through these weeds and, you know, you got some weeds that are coming up to you know, six inches. So things get weeded up. It's, it gets frustrating, but I've caught enough fish doing that to know that it works. Like I know it works like Lubowski lures. Like that's, that's literally how (laughs) that's literally like how they make their money. Like the other part I'm thinking about here is you guys can't really beat yourself up too bad. Like Swinky, like you going up there for two or three days to fish that giant body of water with the way that thing sets up with very limited experience, like other than your graph, which may or may not even be close at times. Like, dude, that is to me, that is such a daunting task It's to, huge. Dri- to drive up there for a couple of days and try to put a, a, a big fish in the back. Cause like 
we talked about this. Like you guys go up there because that's a big fish lake. Like that's where giant fish live. Like you have, we don't have an opportunity at a 55 incher here right. where like some days up there, like it's possible to put a 52, 53, 55 inch muskie in the bag. But like you guys can't, these guys that go up there and spend all fall, like Kyle, like they got to go days and days and days without fish in the bag. Right. Like, well, let, let me tell you, uh, um, a listener of ours, Scott, who uh, he was, he came up and talked to us at Muskie Max. He he actually worked the Muskie Max booth with Scott Siler from the Lunge Lodge. But Scott, who I'm talking about, he went up there. He goes up every single year. He came over to the booth to talk to me because he's like, "Dude, I love Nipissing. Like, I, I, you know, people don't get it. People don't understand. Don't understand." And yada yada yada. Sure enough, what did he get this year? A 55. How many fish did he get in a week? Two. He got a 55. And he fished for a week like we fish, you know, just like that. And I can't even, I guess part of it is me convincing myself, <laughs> you know, it's kind of talking to myself and saying like, this is why I continue to do this. But this is why I continue to do this. Like, I mean, it literally is. I, I I love it up there. Not only do I love the the scenery, I love I love the drive. Even like Donnie said, the drive is is easy to me and Nick these days. And Nick for sure, he drives up there multiple times a year. But it's like everything about it. It's like that is a trophy trophy fishery that I have some experience with, albeit. I've not been overly successful on my own up there. My fifties are with, or with Reagan. So I, I can't like claim, you know, that, that I've gone up there on my own and done it yet. No, I haven't. That's my, that's my goal. That is literally what drives me right now is like, you know, enough about this lake, you know, enough Owen, like you, if you put the time in, you now have the boat to do it. you, you just need to do it like, and, and I haven't done it yet. And Nick and I have worked really hard over the, you know, we, we fished hard this year, man. We fished hard and we kept looking at each other. Like, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? So, okay. Cause we're, we're kind of slowly like working our way through the sad boy musky club. Yeah. So <laughs> Swinky, give me some perspective here. Cause Owen and Nick are up there, right? Nick gets the two. That one day they had three fish at that point. Right now you and Kellen are leaving work at this point. It's like Tuesday, right? You guys are heading up there. So what, how, how was your trip up? Number one. And like, how did you guys prep, you know, like to get up, you were taking your boat, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We took my boat. Uh, we left right around three o'clock Tuesday, 3 PM. Uh, we got in right around 11. It was pretty smooth. Uh, and so we had our trip. We went out with Reagan on Wednesday. Owen set that up for us. Uh, so that was, I mean, it was basically going out with Reagan. And then, you know, so the, the game plan was pretty much that. Go out with Reagan and go from there. 
but that's kind of, you know, the, that's an awesome experience, but it, it didn't help us game plan for the rest of the week. In that, like what Owen was talking about, everywhere that we fished with O or with again on Wednesday was in spots that I couldn't go to on Thursday necessarily, you know? So uh, there was no really transferable game plan there as far as locations go. But, but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. We fished with Reagan Wednesday, uh, the first day. Um, I got, I think I caught a couple pike both on Raptors, uh, and then, oh wait, we move, did go you, out. No, we you went out in the, the morning before fish. we went out. Yeah, yeah, you said you we moved went out on, on my boat in the morning before because we didn't go out with Reagan until noon. Right. Uh, we went out with, and I moved the fish on a raptor right at the first spot. I had a fish up, probably right around forty inches, on a uh, Vance K Laws painted uh, mother of pearl raptor VK custom. VK custom, yeah. Uh and might be, it uh might be a collector's item. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Uh anyway, so but yeah, I had a I had a fish up early and and it, it actually it came up on the raptor pretty lazy and uh it went around like three or four times. It it ended it it kind of got a little bit more charged up and it almost looked like it was gonna it, it kind of took a swipe at it, but not really. It, it it moved in on it really fast on the last turn, and then it just swam away. But uh, So that was that. And then we went out with Reagan around noon. He came and picked us up, and we went out. Let me stop and, you there. Uh, what's that? Somebody, somebody did something in a bad way, I believe, that morning, right? Didn't, oh, was... geez. Oh, Kellen. Didn't yeah, somebody that, oh, yeah. yeah, it was oh, that yeah. morning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, also he in that him. morning. Yeah, so, so Nick him. and I. Yeah, so we're fishing kind of the same areas, and I'm I'm looking at at uh, Donnie's boat, and I'm like, is that Donnie's boat? I'm like, I don't see Kellen. Like, where where is he? Like, we can't figure out where the hell he is. And then Nick's like, oh, <laughs> Kellen got himself with a hook. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I I didn't I hadn't looked at the the group text message where Kellen sent that picture. So when I couldn't see Kellen, he was literally just like bent over at the side of the boat trying to undo this hook out of his freaking hand because he got what two two points of the treble through through the top of his hand. Yeah, well only one went in past the barb. Okay. Yes. Uh he he caught a pike on a fat bastard topwater and was reaching down to unhook it on the side of the boat with the pliers and it wasn't even the hand with the pliers it was the hand that was like on the edge of the boat he said when he reached down the the fish just flipped all around and it flipped up and it hooked him it 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 just the other hook hit his hand and and went right into his hand so he was hooked to the fish uh i had to run over i cut the the fish off of the hooks first just to get the fish off of them and then uh yeah so he uh i had to cut all the bar cut the hook off cut all the barbs off and then cringe as i watched him push it through the other side 
Dude, when I saw that picture, I I said to Nick, I'm like, they might be going to the emergency room. Like, we we might be going out with Reagan this afternoon. I thought that immediately when I saw the picture. I was like, oh, God, that's a bad one. Yeah, it it looked bad. Pretty bad. Uh, It luckily, I mean, it was in the top of his hand, I guess. I mean, you know, it's easy for me to say luckily as it wasn't my hand. Yeah. Oh, no. He made it seem uh, like he got lucky the way it was. Right. but it like I think it really just got skin. It just kind of pierced right into the skin, and then he just shoved it through the other side, which was very painful to watch. I mean, did he clip uh, especially him he having clip had a hook in my hand before too? Like just watching that hook push through. <laughs> I feel it right now. Just saying it again. You hear but, the uh, skin snap. Yep. Oh. But oh. uh, and those fat bastards. I don't know what size hook that is, but it's not oh, a small. It's hook. a big one. That's a seven. Yeah. It's a yeah. seven knot. Uh but he yeah he pushed the barb through the other side, and then I I snipped it off, and he pulled it back through, and I no bullshit. We well we didn't go right back to fishing because that was that ended our morning because it. That was it was about eleven o'clock at that point, and we were gonna go out with Reagan at noon. And I said uh, I was like, I think it's probably a good time to to go back to camp and regroup for Pack an hour in. and eat some lunch and wash your hand with soap before we uh go back out on the water. So Kellen, we headed in at that point. But Kellen yeah, was quick he, to brag that he had the heaviest catch of the trip. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, you didn't catch fish, a seventy two incher. <laughs> Yeah, we so he he went right back to fishing the uh credit where credit's due. And we went right back out with Reagan. Uh I moved what happens when you're an old you're an old school gridiron guy like Kellen. Right. He uh What was what were the options in Blitz? Juice it or uh <laughs> or rest it? Yeah, so then we uh we were out with Reagan. Uh I caught a couple pike on that same Raptor. And then, uh, we headed out to the main lake. Uh, we moved, we pulled up on a spot and, uh, pretty quickly. Kellen saw, he saw a fish actually he saw the fish on a live scope. I don't know if it was the fish that he caught or not, but we, we did have the live scope out cause we were, show, he was showing Reagan some stuff with it. Yeah. Just, so let's, let's say that, that this was, this was my first experience with live scope spending a little time on the boat with Kellen on, on Friday, but you guys took it out with Reagan on, on the night, the day you guys went out there and apparently you could, did someone see the fish that Kellen caught? Uh, we don't, I, I don't know for sure that it was the fish that Kellen caught, but we, when we rolled up on that spot, uh, as soon as he put it down, we did see a fish on the live scope, uh, but it wasn't right. Like we started casting, we started working our way down the spot. Uh, a little a little ways and then he caught a fish so it it may have been that fish it may not you know it very well could have been another one it it was in proximity but it wasn't like we saw a fish and ca- cast it at it and watched it eat on the live scope you know what i mean like i, I don't know that it it was or wasn't it did sound like regan was pretty impressed with the live scope yeah he seemed to yeah uh, i mean that was really neat i mean he genuinely seemed to be you know impressed with seeing the way that bait moved around what they're trolling i mean i think 
we mainly used it trolling on Friday. You know, right. that was the main. I didn't. I didn't get to kind of see a lot of that casting aspect to it, but I thought it was really cool. But I could also see how you could get really, really sucked into simply staring at that freaking screen. Oh yeah, and and watching it. I mean, I don't know. Part of the joy of trolling is the mindlessness of it, right? In the in the sense that, listen, you're you're gonna you you don't have to. You're not watch. You're watching where you're going, but to to constantly have your face glued to that screen to see. And we saw, I think, at least two fish come up and check out spinner baits behind it, and that was really really neat to see. But that kind of almost gives you more incentive to glue your eyes to the screen. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, okay, I saw that and that was awesome. I'm just going to watch this stupid thing constantly. Yeah. It's like, uh, all right, man, that that's not why I came out on the boat on a Saturday afternoon. Right. I wanted to breathe the fresh air. I wanted to look at, look at the things around me. I wouldn't see a moose hanging out on the, on the point. If I was, if I had my head buried on the live scope, you know? Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a lot of pros and cons that come with it. And, you know, I can see a lot of, I can see most of the sides of every argument for or against it, honestly. Uh, but it was really neat to see. It, it was really neat to see how bait reacted to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, things. it is an incredible tool that even even in just the short time that you were exposed to it, what you can learn from it in such a short period of time uh, is is really amazing. Uh, you know what I mean? Just w- the way you can see structure and how fish relate to structure and how they react when you cast a bait at them or troll a bait over them or, or like, you know, there's no there's nothing that can compare to seeing that in real time, what's actually happening underneath the water. It's just, I loved how Kellen was, you know, he was explaining kind of the difference, like, you know, the shad based um, watersheds that a lot of people fish around here, the way bait reacts, it kind of scatters. Whereas up there we would hit a point where there would be bait on that, on that hump. And instead of that bait scattering, it would, everything just went straight down, just ducked straight down, you know? And he was always saying like, dude, that is not what the bait fish do around. Yeah. Here. It was interesting to see. Cause I do think, uh, you know, it, it, it does seem like they, they definitely stay, seem to stay more grouped up and they would shoot down or whatever. I don't know if that's species thing or, or, or what that was, but uh, it was neat to see. And that that's what I mean. It's just that kind of stuff. I mean, does that equal more fish? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But you know, if nothing else, I think it you know, it keeps you it can keep you into all of it too. Like just the whole aspect of being on the boat at times when when it does get stale or dull and you know, especially if you're trolling and nothing's going on and you haven't had a rip in six hours, but you see a fish come up and look at your spinner bait. I mean, that's, that's something it gives you that's some validation that you're, you're still, there's a chance 
that something might happen here. Right. Right. And I just want to say, I just want to, uh, you know, say thank you to, uh, I got a bunch of, to the listeners, I got a bunch of messages after our uh, last episode when we talked about the tracker and buying the tracker and kind of the financial aspects. I got a bunch of messages saying that they appreciated kind of the real talk about the money aspect of things and, you know, that it, it's, it's real easy to go out and buy a, fifty sixty thousand dollar boat you know if you if you just finance it and yada 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 so anyways i i got some messages that people appreciated that discussion that the realistic side of things like hey things are expensive boats are expensive and and you know all this stuff is expensive so if anyone ever wants the you know to dive into that type of topics you know in the future let me know i'd i'd be happy to kind of i don't know i just i just see so many things in this in the musky world where it is like totally results based and and i say that like we were talking about you know going to nipissing and we expect to catch big fish and people think okay if i if i go to nipissing or i go to st Clair or i go to st lawrence i'm gonna catch a big fish well no you're you're not if i go and i buy an an eighty thousand dollar ranger Am I going to catch big fish? Well, no, you're not like that's that is not what what does it like. It's all the little things in between some, you know, somebody told me a long time ago. I'm not going to say who somebody told me there's two differences in musky fishing between like getting your butt kicked all the time and having success on the water. And the first one is time, which we all know. And the second one is money. And when you, when you think about this though, it's not necessarily the money on buying baits or the money on buying gear or the money you spend on your boat and all that stuff. It's, it's the overall investment that goes along with the time. It's, it's the gas and the, in the, the amount of miles and, and, you know, that sort of travel, that goes along with the amount of time you're putting in on these fish that makes the difference, you know, between you being successful and not. And like, I think the interesting part, and I, oh, and I, I see your face, I know you have something to say on this one, but it's, we all value successes differently, right? Like my version of success isn't going to be the same as Donnie's or Owen's or Nick's or, you know, a guide that does this for a living. Like my version of success is getting out on the water, doing what I love to do and putting a fish in the bag. A lot of times is a bonus. Like we, we're built though, like to where if you don't catch it, it wears on you. It gets frustrating. You, you start questioning how you're doing things or why you're doing this. But realistically speaking, like when you don't have that much time to fish and you don't have tons and tons of money to spend on this thing. Like you've got to value things that are like, Hey, I can get the afternoon and go clear my head. Right. Like, but I do think there is that element where the guys that spend more time on the water and the guys that spend the money to do these trips and travel and make sure they're on bodies of water that have higher percentages of fish or higher percentages of bigger fish. Like there is something to that. 
I think if you're into that, look, it, it would. There's a reason why people travel to St. Clair, right. Lake of the Woods, Nipissing, Georgian Bay, St. Lawrence. There's a reason why. I mean, and we've been saying this for years. I mean, since this podcast kind of started, like one of the differences between me and you guys and a lot of you guys is like you guys fish a lot more locally. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm my thing was I didn't have a boat at that time. Like most of my fishing was was focused on this one week, you know, and and it's I didn't have like all the other outside kind of experiences, which over the last year, year and a half of I've begun to kind of get more of, which has opened my eyes to how to fish local waters and things like that, you know, but it's like, I don't know, man, everyone's at a different point in their journey. And, you know, I'm, I'm at one point in my journey and where I might be five years from now, I might have a bigger boat. I might have, I might finance some gigantic Lund, you know, five years from now, I can't for the, for the life of me, imagine how that scenario would ever play out. But for me to say it might never happen would be would be silly. But for right now, like I've made decisions as to how I want to fish. This boat turned out just for this week, just for this single week. I would say it, it's it's paid off. You know, it, it's already started to pay off because to rent a boat like that for I mean, if we were to rent a boat at on Lake Nipissing, it would be a thousand dollars for a shitty boat. You know, I spent $10,000 and bought one that is going to last me hopefully 10 years. And so at a bare minimum, if I take it up to Nipissing for the next 10 years, it's paid for itself. So just in those 10, just on those 10 years, you know, not, not to, not to, you know, even put into account what I might fish locally. It's like, you know, I mean, this, the boat proved itself to be everything that I wanted for tell me I'm going to fish a bigger water than Lake than than Lake Nipissing where I mean I'm I'm not going to so if it can handle that big a water it's more than enough boat for me yeah I don't disagree with you yeah you have options to go to St. Clair you know you have options to go now to other other places but Nip is Dude, we did the math on this. St. Clair, I think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think Nipissing was like, like a third bigger or something like that. Yeah, well, it was like 250,000 acres was Nipissing. Does that sound right? Yeah. St. Okay. Clair is like 275. Maybe. Yeah. Whatever. Still, I think you would be, yeah. It's not the biggest boat. Okay. It's not going to, I'm not going to fish lake erie with it but you know the bottom line is that it's i don't know man it 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 absolutely was a a good decision just just based on this trip alone that's good and i know we, we've kind of talked in circles here and i've <laughs> i don't know i kind of i just step away for a second so swinky you guys you did you get through the rest of your week i don't think i got through the rest of that day I don't think well, I don't think Kel, I think we got off on a live scope tangent that and then somehow I ended up back at Owen's boat again. So just Sorry. real quick, re- recap us the rest of the I round. Don't care. Um all right, we'll make this quick. 
Uh, Kellen caught a fish on a mag shallow invader. It was like 37 and a half inches. Um, I had a nice fish up on a Shadzilla. And I think I had one up on a Raptor when I was with Reagan too, if I remember. I think I had two fish up that day with Reagan. So three fish that day. Because I had one by myself and then I think two with Reagan. Uh, nothing real. Well, the one, the one I didn't get a real good look at, but I, I really only saw it swimming away, waving goodbye, but it looked like a pretty good sized tail. Uh, but I didn't get a real good look at it. Um, so yeah, then going into Thursday, it was kind of, we really didn't still didn't know exactly what we were going to be doing because obviously, like I said, we were going to be fishing completely different areas than where we would have fished with Reagan the day before. So it was still kind of just starting from scratch for the most part, other than where the, the one spot that we had gone to close to the ca uh, cabin the day before where uh, I moved the fish and Kellen hooked himself. So, we went back there. I, I believe we started the day there. Uh, we might've caught a couple pike. I don't remember a pike or something. Um, that was when you, I think you said you had the blow up right at dark or after yeah, dark. I think. Yeah. In the evening I, I had, uh, I started throwing top water cause Nick said he had some action on top water and, uh, I was starting to get a little discouraged too. And, I said it's fitting because according to Don Sr., when you're throwing top water, you've given up. So <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll go ahead and start throwing the top water. <laughs> said, you're throwing one of those things. Now I know you've given up. <laughs> but, uh... but yeah, I actually had, uh, I I know the one was a pike and I'm, I'm fairly certain the other one was a pike too. It, it wasn't very big. It, it definitely wasn't 30 inches, whatever it was, but I, I didn't get as good a look at it, but I had two fish uh, hit a fat bastard as well, or, or try to. The The first one, the pike, I, it was on for like a second and it got off. And then the other one, it blew up on it shortly thereafter, both in the same little bay. Uh, and I, it didn't get hooks, but I'm pretty sure it was a pike too. And I mean, that was pretty much Thursday. We just stayed in the West Arm, kind of hit some spots that we fished the year before. Uh, you know, spots where we had seen some fish and things like that and didn't have a whole lot of action. Then uh, Friday morning for us, or I don't know if they, Owen and Nick, they were out with Reagan Thursday, so I guess I don't remember exactly. I know Nick had some action. Yeah, we had uh, three, three or four fish going Thursday, uh, and that was a you know combination of topwater and bucktails, and those were the ones I pulled the pulled the topwater right out of the mouth. Yeah, yeah we had, we had. We had a we had a lot more action Thursday than we did most of the trip. I got a real nice follow. You had multiple blow ups on on a top water. Um, 
you know, but it was just one of those things. Again, you convert one or two of those fish and it's a different trip. You know, it's, it's that simple. And I'm, I'm not discouraged in the sense that, you know, once we kind of figured things out, we started seeing fish, you know, and again, it's just kind of figuring things out, man. And, and even when you, the moment you think you figured it out, like these stupid fish, they think something different. So, okay. So you guys, you, you kind of gave the totals. You guys ended with, what'd you say? Four or five four fish, total. four total, four, four total. And you guys yep. caught some pike in there in between. So what? Hey, we caught a bunch of pike. I caught like probably my PB walleye. I mean, Nick, I, I did. I think you have pictures of that. I don't know if you've sent them to. Yeah, it's probably like twenty four or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, I have not. I've not caught a lot of walleye, but I mean, it was a it was a big walleye, and it came up and hit boat side on a raptor. Of love all things. that, gotta love that. Hey, man, but yeah, walleyes are fun too. But okay, so I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about this trip, but I guess where I'm going with this is, you know, do you guys feel like last year gave you any, any, did you take anything from last year and apply it to this trip? Any other wins aside from catching fish? Uh, I think the, like, you know, we didn't have that. Or we were comfortable going out to the main lake and oh yeah, you know what I mean. The boat number one in the sense that dude, that lake is so dangerous. I mean, the fact that we now feel comfortable enough to get from I feel comfortable enough to fish all the way from the top of West Arm out to Middle West Bay. You know, and that's a that's like 25 plus miles. You know, that's a 20 miles. And to say I feel comfortable fishing it, I mean, like with the depth of the waters, like I have we have routes where we know how to get to these places where if you just went to that lake and you went and and you, you booked a week at a lodge up there. I mean, man, like. It is so overwhelming. The lake is so big. And the fact that we even know kind of where to start, I guess, is kind of the the advantage that we have right now. It hasn't turned into like tons of fish on our own yet. But I have to believe that if we continue to to fish the way we have fished, it will turn into fish in the areas on our own. So that's that's kind of what I was getting at is the, is the growth and the development because we spend Nick, you spent countless hours on the lake here at home, right? Yeah. Bonnie, you, you spend countless hours on lakes around us. Like at some point you're going to learn that Owen, like, and that's kind of what I'm getting at is like the growth that should be a plus, right? Sorry, Nick. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, you're fine. I think that was like the thing I was thinking about the last day or two. I was like, we just need to like, almost like keep track of where we've seen fish, what we saw and, them on. And I think and, we need to shrink, shrink the lake down at least for like one trip and say, okay, here are the things that we're going to focus on. And that mm. is, if that's, if that's just West arm or, you know, and, and 
because I really liked some of the places we hit that were not the community spots. You know, I really liked some of the spots that we hit that I think that if we spend some time on them over the next year or two, we'll probably pan out that are not spots that people are fishing on a regular basis over towards Warren Bay in that area. Right. But again, you have to shrink the lake down. You can't go, you can't go making a, an hour drive out to these giant fish spots, which are giant fish spots for a reason, but it's, it's also very, 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 very low percentage. Do you guys, so, is there any takeaways from, and, and keeping in mind, I realize they're two different worlds, right? Like Nipissing is not Pima tuning, but like, is there any takeaways that you guys brought home with you? Like maybe something you learned from Danny or Reagan or something that you guys could apply from that Canadian body of water to home. I'd say eight hours a day casting is my limit. Hard <laughs> limit. Hard limit. I mean, that's good. At least you know that. 12 is too many. Yeah. Casting, even when you're switching it up. I mean, these guys that cast for 12, 16 hours a day, I give them a lot of credit because we 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 try it, you know, and I don't care what it is. Bucktails are easier to cast, but they're much harder to, to reel in. Rubber is much harder to cast, but it's much easier to reel in. You know, it's like you can't win. There's no there's no perfect bait to throw all day long. You kind of got to. Honestly, top water is probably the easiest in general, I would say. Swim bait. Swim baits are pretty easy. Yeah, Shadzillas. But they can be kind of difficult to cast. But this, then again, they, you know, the just the heavy just the weight of them. But that's that's really about it. I was All just right. curious. Yeah, I I mean that I, I guess the it's kind of interesting. I found it interesting. The the wire line was the one that got us the trolling fish. It was kind of neat. Well, I don't know whether or not that's if it would have mattered or not. But are you gonna go? Uh, you gonna go set up a wire line? Set I already up? have one. Yeah. Wire works. Catch dude. fish. Yep. Wire works. I've seen it. I've seen it work. I've seen a number of seminars on it by Greg Thomas. Yeah, that's something I've always wanted to do, but well, you've, I mean, I've done it. It even works on like goofy stuff, like F-18s. Yeah, that could be yeah. a whole another episode because I don't even know. You know, we were running it as a down rod, right? Is that the typical? You could do it anywhere. Configuration? I don't know. Yeah. Just a little. It's just a curveball. That's all. Just a little different. Something different. Different look. You know, that vibration is, I think, what, to me, what kind of draws me to something like that. But I don't know, man. So I, I don't know how much you guys want to further you want to go with this, but it sounds like it was a tough week of fishing, but you guys had a good trip. Yeah. No question. It was a tough week of fishing in the sense that when you fish as hard as we did, the way that I I look at it in the sense of, you know, we, we weren't messing around. We... We had targeted areas. We we weren't just we weren't just winging it, so to speak. 
you know, we have spots, but they, you know, it just didn't pan out in any large number of fish. We've said on previous podcasts right. that we never expect large amounts of fish, numbers I, of fish. I guess but... that, that was going to be my question. Uh, and I'm just, I don't think we need to beat this up too hard, but, you know, in Owen's mind, it was a, it was a tough week of fishing. A hundred percent. Okay. What, what was the expectation? And I'm not saying it to be, you know, I'm just curious, like what would have been a satisfactory. You hook, you, you, you hook into one of these, you hook into one of these big fish that, that are, that that you see. One big fish eats. Absolutely. And okay. Absolutely. I mean, okay. I mean, I've, my successful trips up there, my dad and I went up there the very first year in 2017. He and I put two fish in the boat, just the two of us with the most the most rudimentary fishing apparatus imaginable. Not musky. <laughs> we we managed we managed to boat two two fish. Right. The way I look at it, it's insane that we actually caught two muskies. And then I went out on the boat with Reagan on the last day and I caught a 54. So that trip two fish plus three so one big fish made that trip like literally made my you know that one big fish the next year i went up there i got a 46 with him um i had a bunch of other smaller stuff you know some 39s 42s things like that Uh, i got a fat 46 trolling the same spot that we have trolled a billion freaking times like where you and i started you know where we all started and that that one area like i bagged a, a 46 doing the exact same thing that we've done a million times over right. so like what do i expect when i go up there i expect to see big fish hopefully and i hope to catch one do i do i go up there expecting oh. to catch two fish a day no not at all one right. fish a day one fish a day would be a great average. I guess that's where what led to my question about the the tough week of fishing, uh, because the way I look at this, I I guess the question becomes, what's the best week at, that you've had numbers wise since you've been going up there? Like, what's the most muskies you put in a boat in a week when you were up there? Seven. If you're talking numbers, okay, seven. seven. An entire week, yes. In an entire week. Now this week. You now that was seven. That was seven. That was my 2018 year, where I I got maybe three or four smaller ones on my. No, I think I got two smaller ones on my own, and then I got a bunch of medium sized fish. I got the 46 with Reagan, and I got I got a 43 that was that I have on on Instagram that I got in figure eight on on a major spot that we fish all the freaking time. Um, I think seven. Over over okay. in one week is my my most. Seven's the most. What would you say the average is? Three, three four, three. I'd I'd say three. All right. Yeah, because well, I, I guess did, that's uh, what I was getting at. I'd say three because like when I look at it, I I, I, I don't I know that fish, I would I two even, fish on my wall. I don't know, you know that I, mean? I would like, call it a tough week of fishing. I feel like it kind of met expectations in that regard, like. You put four fish in the boat. 
I think the like over the week there were four no, fish caught, which is that's, above that, the average, right? Dude, that's exactly why. The, that's exactly why I'm saying you seeing that big fish when we were out with Reagan on Friday. That's a freaking difference maker. Well, yeah, like, no, you, that's you, what I'm you, getting like, at. You, but what you, I'm saying like, is the difference is this it's isn't not Minnesota necessarily where... that it's a tough week of fishing. It was just. Uh, we're we're measuring it by by size and size alone. Then in your expectations of your trip, no. Do you see what I, I'm saying? I also, I'm saying no, in I terms of muskies also... eating, it was pretty much on par with what the average is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's why I, I mean, you know, I would not you say that this was at? a. I'm not. I would not say that this was an unsuccessful trip by any stretch. No. Uh, in getting skunked last year was a totally different story, but. Right. I'm also encouraged, like I am personally encouraged the fact that I raised big fish. I'm yeah. not looking at that as as like, oh, I did something wrong. I'm thinking I've fished this lake all this time and I got this big fish to come up on it. Like I'm doing something right. And that's kind of the difference where like you have to alter your expectations. Like yeah. I'm uh, like you seeing that fish in, in, in it not being a big deal to you, like. I, I, like that was a big fucking fish man and like the fact that it, it it even considered eating what you were throwing out there i think is that's i take that as a positive where i see you taking that as a negative yeah i mean i i guess I, i'm not a, a neg like it's nice to see a big fish but i've seen enough big fish and i, I don't mean that like I'm just like I've taken a number of big big trips. I've had a bunch of big fish up to the boat that didn't eat. Like that's that doesn't get me excited anymore. It kind of pisses me off. Like and I can't. That's just where you guys are at. Yeah, that's just where you're at. Like it's not like it's cool to see a big fish, but I I want to hold a big fish. I don't want to see him swim up to my bait and swim away. I've seen that seen it more times than I'd like to see it. It haunts me in my dreams. I've seen it that many <laughs> fucking times. I don't know. What do you do? Just not, not, not go. Do you just not go to those places? I don't know. I don't that's, know. I mean, that's, no, that's, that's, that's literally, no, I mean, that's literally like the, then you just don't, don't go to those places. This is just two different types of opinions. That's all, you know, like it, I think, it, listen, you guys are seeing fish either way. It's a positive, but right. I to Donnie's point, it, yeah. to Donnie's point, though, some of us like want to hold that fish, and seeing it doesn't I do too, necessarily but I, like. I do too. I want to hold that fish too. I mean, but geez, oh man, it's like you can also I, like enjoy the process. Like, if yeah, you don't enjoy it. the process, like, like, why did you drive up there? You know, like, wh- why go up there if, if you're not going to enjoy it and, and, like, take every cast seriously? Because every cast can change your life. It's the opportunity. It's the opportunity to catch a big fish. Right. 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 Like, that's all you can ask for is a shot. But I can, you know, like, I, I would have, honestly, I don't know that I would ever been in that position because I would have been the dumb one still trolling you know, one rod around <laughs> Bro, the we trolled, dude, we trolled like crazy. No, I get it. We, tro- we did because it's, it's like, you know, we couldn't figure out what we were doing wrong. But see like where I'm at though. And you guys can laugh. I would at have this. been thrilled to see the, to see that fish that Donnie saw multi, you know, I, I would have, I can't even tell you how like 
much that fish would have moved me where obviously it didn't see that matter. A, that's the thing. Like I have, and I'll just say this. I have little to, to no confidence in myself casting. And it's, it's not just, I'm not talking about the small Creek stuff. Cause it, you know, I've got a lot of confidence. I'm talking big water on a big spot with an actual musky bait casting for eight hours. I have zero confidence in myself and I don't know that seeing a big fish and watching it swim away would have given me any, any additional confidence aside from like, man, I did something right there, that, but exactly. I would have been, but I would have been like, see, I don't, I don't, I would, I would just, I would have been trolling. I would have been trolling the whole time. And <laughs> so I wouldn't have caught the, a so single what's fish. The negative? So what's the negative you would have taken from that, Ryan? The, see, th this is, Donnie's had a lot more experience with fish than me casting. Okay. So I see both sides of it. I, I would have considered it a positive knowing that I, I moved a fish, but at the same time, I would have been like, man, what did I do wrong for that fish not to eat? And that's just the way it, it is for me though. Like that's just the way. And again, though, Donnie and I fish very similarly. Like we're, we fish very similarly. You know, like I, I think for me to be there, I would have been very thankful for the opportunity to fish Lake Nipissing. And I would have been probably over the moon to be able to get out there and see these spots that you guys are talking about. I've, I've never musky fished the shield. I have no idea what to expect. I have no idea what these spots, how they, how everything kind of falls in place. And I have no idea how to even fish that stuff. Dude, I would have been out in 80 feet of water freaking trolling a perch bait for like three days because I don't know any better. We've done that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like I, I would have, I would have expected to not catch a fish on that trip myself. Unless I was with, you know, with Reagan, because I, I have Reagan. No he's the first one to tell you, like he, he is the first one to tell you that they average one fish and he like he will text me and he'll be like, we were 0 for 3 today. Anyone that knew what they were doing might have gotten one or two of them. Like, it, you know, it's it's just it, it is not a numbers lake. Yeah. And I but, get that. I mean, the, and, but it's an opportunity. That's why you go. That's why you keep going. Absolutely. That's why you want to keep going. It's not it's not the long stretches without it's not the frustration. It's not any it's it's you go there because, you know, big fish live there. And you love that body of water, you know, similar to the way I love Pima tuning. I would drive up there every chance I get two and a half hours, one way to go fish that because I'm comfortable there. I love that place. And I know there's, that's probably one of the best shots I have at a big fish in the state of Pennsylvania. It's no different. It's just 10 hours. It's Canada. And you know, like it, it's the same thing, even though it's two different worlds, like don't ever stop going there. Don't stop going there and, and you guys can't be frustrated at, you know, not putting numbers in the bag because no, it's obviously an opportunity. I'm not like I'm, I'm slight. I was a little, I'm frankly, I was disappointed that I didn't put a fish in the boat in my own, in my new boat. That's like the only thing that I'm disappointed in. Like I, you know, the numbers are what they are. We saw fish like I, we saw big fish like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like 
hate on the fact that, you know, it didn't cooperate for me when I wanted it to, because quite frankly, I, it just, that's just not the way that nature works. Like I, I could, I don't give a shit how much time I put into it. Like these fish are going to eat when they want to eat. And I would rather spend my time up there and, you know, it's not for everybody. And, you know, it's an overwhelming body of water, incredibly overwhelming. Um, It's just, I don't know. I mean, I can't even put into words how I feel about that, that body of water and the mystery that it holds for me. And the fact that I think that I haven't done that well the last two years almost gives me more inspiration. I think Nick went to bed. I think so too. <laughs> he just dropped off. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> See you later. But so. no, I mean, it's, it's two different opinions. You guys, I, I hear both sides of it. I think the opportunity to go up there and fish is never a bad thing. Like you guys, I, I sat in an office for 12 hours a day while you guys were out there. And all I could think about was checking my phone to see how you guys were doing, you know, like that. I wish, I wish I had it back. I wish I could have made that trip and experienced what you guys did, even if it was for a couple of days. So I'm glad you guys got to do that. And I'm glad you guys went up there and put a couple fish in the bag. I think you guys are going to continue to learn that lake. And at some point you're going to be able to go out there on the tracker, Owen, and you're going to be able to put a big fish in the boat. And you're going to look back on all those days where you guys didn't see fish. And it's going to be like a total and complete, like check the box success. We, we netted a 53, 54 inch muskie. Yes. And it's going to happen. And I'm, I've never been more comfortable with, I guess kind of where I am off of a trip where that wasn't overly successful, you know, in terms of numbers wise or anything like that. But, it but I really... think we established it was though, based on the average. Yeah. That, well, and that's what I was trying to say there. I feel like Owen thought I was trying to be negative, but all I was trying to point out is that he said it was, uh, that was a successful not a trip. great trip. And I'm like, well, by all, by all See, I averages, it. it was an above average catch rate. The size just wasn't there. I well, said no, it was a tough three, trip. You just didn't over, get a big three, one, o- this one. Three over in a seven day period is, is, is less than half a fish a day. So that's not a, you know, the fourth is the one that Kellen got. Like if you want to just calculate me and Nick over a six day period, we got three fish. So that's a half. So no, it's not what I would, I would consider a, a fish a day to be a, okay. cons, you know, uh, a successful. And honestly, if you get my trip in 2017, where I only got three fish over six days, it was successful as shit because I got a 54. That big fish changes things. It, it just, it's like putting a giant weight on that scale, you know? Yeah. And so you're just one fish away from putting that giant weight on that scale to change a trip from being, an otherwise mediocre trip. I got one more question about nip. Okay. Like we're talking about the average, what we think is the average, like Nate bud went up there and I think he put one muskie in the boat, right? In a week. Is that I what Nader he, said? I think, I, I think one, uh, yeah, I think one, one in his boat, but the guy that was with him caught another one off the dock. Yeah. And then like, he got like another big 46 one. 46 off the dock. So he had like three, three fish, four fish, whatever that week. And I'm just like wondering, like, 
So this is obviously not a numbers lake, but what is that? That's an all natural fishery, correct? Oh yeah, one hundred. Yeah, one hundred percent. So there's no stocking, none of that, yeah. right? And Nipissing, mm -hmm. that's all like that ties into Georgian Bay, right? Through French Creek. Yes, French River. Yeah, French River. Uh so I don't know, man. It's if the if it's just one of those trips where it literally boils down to like we go there because we want to catch a big fish or see a big fish. Like no matter what you guys do there, it's a win-win. It's that's the thing. That's where seeing the big fish is. That means something to me. Like, and, and I know that there's other people that have seen lots of other big fish that haven't, you know, that, that maybe a big fish doesn't, you know, it doesn't make them, you know, and that those big fish, like, like I said, the dude, Scott, he goes up there, he catches two fish. One's a freaking 55 on the French. Like, you think your trip's not a success? Yeah. If no, you spend is. seven days, if you spend seven days pounding the water, like literally beating your head against the, the floor, and at one point you get a 55, is your trip not a success? Yeah. I say 100% it is. I, this is I, I, the part that I think that you are missing when I'm talking, Owen, is that I don't question the fishery. I, everything that I'm talking about is internal. Like I'm looking at myself and the frustrations with myself and my performance, not the fishery, not the trip, not the, but how can, how can you, you how can you critique your performance when it's your first time? Like this is your second time on that body of water. You've had like four days on that body of water to even like, begin it's just the situational, you know fishing. what I mean? Like, right. It's, it's a situational it's the, fish. Yeah, it's those not, fish, it's those not fish the react... thing. It's like, okay, you, you speak about, and I don't want to, you know, it's, we're already well over two hours and I don't want to beat this whole thing up too too much yeah, but like where where the frustrations can stem from and, and i'd like to think that somebody out there that's listening can maybe understand or know where i'm coming from uh you know I, you, you always want to try to be as positive as you can but it can be it can really be tough when it feels like you yourself are the x factor and if you're somebody who doesn't look for blame and other things, doesn't just say, oh, Lake Nipissing sucks. There's no fish here. Like, I joke around and say stupid shit like that. But I don't mean that kind of stuff. Like, I know, you know, and, and you talk about, like, situational, like Ryan said, Reagan put me in a position to catch a fish. Everything was there. I didn't have to find the spot. I didn't have to maneuver the boat. I didn't have to position the boat. I didn't have to do anything but cast and make that muskie eat. And I failed to do so. That's, it and takes, you could say that maybe that fish, tango. you're right. And you could say maybe that fish doesn't eat or whatever. You could have done and everything that, and, right, and, man. And then that's very, very, very well the case. That that very well is the case, but it doesn't change, you know, those facts. It doesn't change the fact that, you know, you get on and again, we don't want to go down the social media roads or anything like that, but it's tough when you see, you know, whoever, guys like Alex McLean, 
you know, the, or Ben Stone, who seem like every time they they have a fish follow to the boat, it goes around perfectly in the figure eight and demolishes this bait. I, I don't disagree with you at all, YouTube, Donnie. You know, Dude, I don't disagree like, with you at all. I watch those same videos and I get just as frustrated. Like I just threw, I just threw 10,000 plus of those same casts on a shield lake that has trophy fish. And I never got one fish to react the way that those guys do. No, dude, I feel that man. I feel that 100% dude. I, I mean, holy shit. After every bucktail I threw over this last week that I never saw, a fast figure eight buck. T- I, I had like two follows on bucktails and both were lazy. They just turned off. I didn't get one fish to go into the first turn of the figure eight. That's what I live for. Okay. Is mm-hmm. like, why that's why I throw bucktails. So to say like, I'm not frustrated by like that. Like, I mean, dude, my frustration level is like to <laughs> up here, but to, for, for me to, to say like, okay, these fish are like they're okay. So okay, this is just and maybe this is the final story. So we're when we're out with with Danny Columbia on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, no, it was yeah Sunday. Um, I didn't bring a gold bucktail, and he insisted that I throw. And he's like, "Here, throw 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 the one that you made for me." And he gives me the bucktail that I made for him. And I'm throwing it and it's great. But you know what? It's just like we're casting all these spots. And it's just like, all right, I'm ready to to kind of throw something other than a bucktail. You should have seen how fast he wanted to throw a bucktail. Like, I mean, he was like, oh, I'll throw the bucktail. I mean, it was like instantaneous. That's the bait that he wanted to throw. It wasn't anything else. And that, like... So why did a guy like I'm having such a hard time? I'm not getting any follows. I'm not get, having anything happen. I'm not seeing jack shit on this bucktail. But the moment I put it down, this guy who's been fishing this lake for 30 years, like has a semi hard on to put it on to to pick it up and start throwing it because he's convinced that that's what's going to work. Like that makes me think that I'm not doing things right, Donnie. You know what I mean? So I get that. It makes me think, like, why am I throwing this bucktail that this dude wants to be throwing? Right. And I'm the one, and I'm the first one on the boat. Like, I'm the guest. So I'm the I'm the client. So I get the front of the boat, and it's not working. Like, I get that, dude. One one thousand percent, man. Like, I'm in a trophy fishery. I'm paying somebody to take me out to these spots, dude. And it's not. And I'm not even seeing follows. So I get that. But I refuse to say to myself, like, listen, that's you. Because why else do people do this if it's all us? Like, it's, it, you know, you really think you're doing something wrong? Wrong, wrong? No. I mean, is there a slight technique that you could possibly change to maybe make a... So uh, probably all of us would be better both sides. All of us could be. Oh, holy shit, man! This, this fish has a pea brain. This fish has a pea brain. It is it 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 bites something that does not look anything like a fish. How much does a bucktail look like a fish? It yeah, doesn't. This, we could go down this road for hours, I mean, probably. But no, I mean, so so to, to put it on us, I, and that's where I I want to say to Donnie, like. I don't want to, it's not on, I get the frustration, dude. I am, oh man, I, like Nick, he, he probably 
jumped off because he would probably start hearing about my frustrations, you know, but it, it's hard, man. I'm, I'm frustrated as shit. I am incredibly frustrated, but I refuse to think that it's you or me or something like that. It's like, it, we're, it's just timing. It's things like that. And you just got to keep plugging away at it. That's all I'm going to do. I will say one like last life, thing. man. I've, I have seen and heard of stories of Todd Young like flipping. And if you guys, you guys have seen Todd Young work a Raptor, at least Donnie has. Mm-hmm. I have casted a Raptor continuously off of a weed edge on his boat and not moved a fish. And then I've watched Todd Young flip a Raptor like 10 feet off the boat, give it two, three jerks. And now all of a sudden the fish shows up boat side. Okay, so I think there are times where some of these fish that we would see boatside that we miss or that don't eat, I think there are times that we did not do something to trigger that fish to eat boatside. I'm not going to say every single fish because not every single fish is going to eat right right there. Some of these fish, they just want to come in and look at it and see what the heck it is. They're curious. That's my opinion. But I do think there are some scenarios where we could question ourselves and ask that to ourselves, like, what could I have done differently there to get that fish to eat? Maybe that fish comes in slow and low and Todd Young himself couldn't even hook and catch that fish. But there are other times where I do believe that he would have done something differently than me, 100% for sure, to get that fish to eat. So... And that's that's why we're the musky hunks. We're the amateur. Right. We're the, but that's you know, we're. But that's what we're talking about here. You know, we're talking about looking at ourselves when you have this happen continuously over the years, where you see these big fish and you don't convert. It's like you get to a point where you're like, "This is the fifteenth or twentieth fish I've seen that's forty-five plus inches boat side, and that thing has not eaten the bait. Doesn't matter what bait." And you're just, you start to question like, what am I doing to trigger this fish or not trigger this fish? It's over time. It's not three days on Nipissing, you know? Right. And that's, that's where I think sometimes, yes, I think somebody. That's where like, I don't know. And again, maybe I'm overly critical, but like to me, it gets to a point where then like to just say, oh, they weren't eating or, oh, the weather wasn't right. It's like almost like a cop-out you know what i mean like it's placing blame somewhere other than yourself and not not trying to improve on yourself and what you're doing see if if you're and and i i don't know like it's it's easy to look at your it's It's easy to look at yourself (laughs) it's so easy to overanalyze all this stuff when it boils down it's just a fish Right. And we give them way too much credit. The brain the size of a pea at best. But we give them too much credit. Sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not. It depends on the situation and the situational fishing aspect of this. And I can tell you guys for sure that I have personally messed up probably 85% of the fish that I've missed both side have been something I did wrong. And one more example, Donnie, I was fishing with you a couple years ago early in the season and I had like a 40 plus inch muskie come from right under the boat. You told me to be ready. 
You told me to pay attention. That fish came out. It wanted to eat. It swung and it missed the bait. Somehow the bait ended up laying on top of its back. <laughs> and I, I can tell you 100% that if I would have been paying attention and I would have probably like actually done a figure eight away from the boat as opposed to just letting it come in and just swipe at it, I probably would have caught that fish. So that's not the same situation as like low and slow that you're talking about, but it's, I don't have the experience and I don't have the confidence boat side when I'm casting. And I know this for sure. Cause I've messed way too many fish up. And that's another reason why I troll so much is because that's where my confidence is at. So whatever that's worth, it might not mean anything to anybody. No, I, I get it. I get it. 100%. I, I think it's, I think it's easy to look at this either way and it's easy to criticize yourself, but it's also easy to look and say, you know what? That fish probably wasn't going to eat. We just don't know. We have no idea. But the fact is you guys had those opportunities and I didn't have them. I was sitting here in, in, in Pittsburgh. I didn't have a single opportunity to catch a muskie that week. Exactly. Not once. So you got to get out there. You got to do it. You got to put the time in. You got to go visit these places because we only get one life. You know, we're here for X amount of time. And if you truly love the sport of muskie fishing and muskies, I think at some point you got to get up to a lake like Nipissing and you just got to, you got to just grin and bear it, man. You got to go up there with a positive attitude and whatever happens, happens. And I'll say this, like, this is exactly why I've kind of tried to make this trip available to people. If they want it, they can take it. If not, they don't have to. Um, you know, because it's not for everybody. It's a long ways away. Uh, it's it's hard fishing. It's not a, a numbers, you know, like we've, we've talked about. But, you know, the, the whole point is, is like, you know, hey, if, if anyone wants to come up and try it, I'm all for it. You know, like, like let's do it. But, man, it's been frustrating for the last couple of years. There's no, there's no two ways about that. You know, I'm not going to, not even going to, gonna lie about that hey man dan and i went to cave run thinking we were gonna we were gonna put all kinds of fish in the boat and we pulled up to the launch and it started snowing and that was a very tough couple of days on cave run where we we saw two fish and one was right at the last hour that dan hooked on a grandma and lost it and it was a good fish like dude this stuff happens when you travel it happens you only have so much time and that's it. it. The chips fall where they're going to fall and you just got to reset and you come home and you plan your next trip. Keep expectations reasonable. Reasonable is a good term that's there. The best. Uh, you don't want them too high or you don't want them too low. Planning a trip. Reasonable is good. But I'm glad you guys got to do it. We got to talk about it at least. Yes. Me too. To hear stories. Me too. It's good. It was a lot of fun. All so, right, boys. Uh, I think we uh, kind of beat this one, beat this one to a, uh, to death here, and we've already been like two and a half hours now. Real quick, what's uh, what's everybody's plans here? Because Swinky, you said you were only going to fish like three more times the rest of this year. Yeah, I probably won't get out a whole lot. I got a, a couple, couple guide trips, uh, fall trips, just day trips. Uh, I got one with Vance. I got one with Mister Chad Harmon over in Ohio. One with Vance in New York, uh, Arthur tournament, and 
Who knows? That'll probably be about about my season. So, uh, season update, if we want to do that real quick, is not good. So hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully, get something going in one of those uh, last couple outings. I might might get out for a quick river trip or something here or there in between. But that's as far as time goes. I probably won't have many more opportunities than that. What about you, Al? Uh, with the new boat, I plan on trying to get up to Chautauqua uh, just to kind of get it wet because I'm not going to be able to get the 9-9 put on until over the winter. So I'm not going to be able to, you know, put it on my lake. But other than that, I mean, it looks like I'm probably going to looks like Hunk's weekend is probably just going to be canceled. Uh, you know, just doesn't doesn't look like, you know, you're not available, Ryan. You know, it's, it, it you know doesn't look like anyone's going to be available that weekend or so. I don't know, man. Uh, this fall is going to be kind of up in the air, so to speak. Uh, I don't think I really have much in the way of trips planned. Nate Bud and I have talked about getting out to fish. Uh, he and I have talked about going up to Chautauqua. I've never fished Chautauqua, so I don't, I don't have the first freaking clue. But I now have a boat that I can at least tow up there, and it's only 45 minutes from my cottage. So uh, I figure I'd be silly not to at least give it a shot here in the fall and and see see what's up with it so that's that's pretty much what my fall is going to be is going to be working on the new boat getting it totally ready for next year and fishing as much as i can oh that's good i only have one more goal this year i gotta get d and musky so that's what we're that's what we're working that's a on good one yeah that's what we're working on like we spent it. we we did that little four hour trip on Arthur. And like I said, she said she, she liked it. She was into the trolling thing. Uh, I got to figure out a better way to get her comfortable. Cause that, that seat was not, uh, not doing it even in a short period of time. So let me just say, and I know Nick is, is now off of the, uh, off the podcast here, but the walkthrough windshield is an absolute game changer. I don't care what, I don't care what I give up in storage. I don't care what I give up in in anything like that. Having that walk through doing twenty five mile runs was an absolute difference maker. Oh yeah, hundred percent. The full shield. I did get a quote on a uh, on a custom cover and a bimini, and uh, I'm kind of gonna evaluate that. We're gonna see what happens if I can sneak it in this year or not. Probably not. From Conneautville Canvas. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, I guess oh. I could, I guess I could say there's a place down on 51. 51. That, yeah. The- uh, they do good work. Um, they will not do what Conneautville does with the enclosures. I did talk to them about that, but. What do you mean? Like they what, just, they won't they do, do with a side console. They won't attempt to do what they did on Donnie's boat. Like a full enclosure. They'll only do Cluster. like the. Cluster. Yeah. So we'll see. I may, uh, I may wait and take it up to Conneautville next year, but yeah, I don't know, man. I only have one more goal. Like I said, I'm going to get her one muskie and if I can get two more in the boat this year, I'll be happy. Well, I vote for Conneautville because they'll take care of you. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's just, this place is 20 minutes from my house versus two and a half hours. But honestly, I'd like to know what their quote is. Because I mean, if it's 
if it's significantly less or you know that that's a different story but if, if they're charging you more no for a custom up. a custom cover in a bimini they were right around it was like right on the nose without tax it was like two grand yeah i don't know i mean they use some the same type of material that all weather material but it's just i gotta make a decision on where i want to go and what i want to get but yeah well that's it check out get, ask connie Otville canvas for a quote for a quote at least yeah i'm I'm assuming they're going to be like right around 22 to 2400 for what i want to do but yeah we'll see all right well all right boys hopefully you guys get out there get some fish in the bag hopefully we'll be able to record another podcast within the next month or so by the way it's let's looking we'll be, let's we'll be fishing on sundays more <laughs> yeah all right boys all right we'll see you guys have a good yeah. night Later. Right. I had to shake him on my last case. Big O don't play. Big O don't play.